Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. Welcome to Follow-Up Friday, friends. Um, well, Follow-Up Friday, friends. That's a, there we go. a lot of a, alliteration there. A lot of Fs. A lot of something, uh, for sure. Uh, yeah, well, actually, you know, we've got a lot of Ravens this week. We've got some updates on trivia, uh, mm-hmm. some poll results, some soccer news. There's a lot. There's a lot. There always is, though. Mm-hmm. It's you know? getting bigger. It's it's great, is what it is. So, um, let's see. Let's. Uh, what do we want to start with, Sir Matt? Uh, right here. Um, let's see. Uh, Lady Jade messaged us once again. Hello, guys. This will be my last football message. Uh, if you want to support a Premier League team that aren't massive like Man U and Arsenal, what about the Tottenham Tottenham Ham Hot Spurs? Harry Kane plays <laughs> for them uh, and Tripper, and they both play in the World Cup. Such a shame to be out, but we did so well to get so far. I'll be back to speak more Game of Thrones very soon. Hope you are both very well. Yeah, I'm uh, actually, you know, Harry Kane, big deal. Good coming. Yeah. So I unfortunately missed that match. I thought England had won. I was like, oh, wait, isn't England playing France? Yeah. Or as I said, no, I no. missed it. It was Croatia. They were leading. So Croatia, France. Way. I think I'm pulling for France. Yeah, I get a pull for France. I, I just want to see a good match. I love to see it go mm-hmm. all the way into extra time, mm-hmm. you know, get to the shootout, you know. But England can play for third place, though, aren't they playing? Yeah, the third they place? play Saturday. They for, play. They will play Belgium. Belgium, yeah. Yep. Yeah, go England. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I hopefully. mean, sorry to our Belgium listeners. Well, yeah. Sorry. We just have a lot of listeners from England, too. Yeah, no, we we would just root for some good soccer. We yeah. Like to see good matches. So, mm-hmm. and uh, following up here, another another here we go, another plug. Uh, Bannerman has no name. Hitting us up once again. Been a couple, yep. been a couple weeks. Uh, just catching up on the last few weeks. Now the English football uh, or soccer team for you has to be Sheffield United. <laughs> uh, their nickname is the Blades, and Sean Bean is a huge fan. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, well, that's, uh, that's a They are deal. currently in the second division of league play, but pushing hard for a promotion to the Premier League and have been in the top division for many years of their history, so they have a pedigree to rise again to be successful. Come on, join the Blades. I mean, if it's good enough for Lord Eddard Stark. Right, then it's, yeah, right. So, so Ezra, I'm kind of, un- I don't really understand how this works. So there's multiple divisions, because there's like the Champions League. Uh-huh. So there's a Premier League and then the Champions League. Uh, well, I don't know much about myself. I know that like teams can fall out of the Premier League. I think, right? Okay. Can't they? Like you have to play it to do well enough to. So don't then don't how do you get into, isn't the isn't like there's a Premier League and then there's like the Champions? I don't know, man. I don't You're, know. We're at the we're at the <laughs> reliance. We're new. Our, we're trying to learn all this stuff. Yeah, I I Please just tell know us. That, I know that there are some years at the bottom end of that Premier League, and I don't you really like always understand out. it. Yeah, that you can you can kind of that's why we we were looking for like a middle of the row team who's typically right. in it. You know, right. So yeah, we're going to learn a lot about it because it is awesome. I, I, it's I, cool. I love I'm, it. You know, I'm just going to get FIFA. Yeah, because I play a lot of games. Yeah, and then I'll get FIFA, and that's how I, that's how I learned about how to, about, about basketball. Was I was like, I yeah. don't understand basketball, so I bought like NBA Live. You know. 07 or whatever it yep. was and yeah. <laughs> yeah, back in the day and then I, that's how i learned about, that's how i learned basketball yeah yeah that's so i'll just get cool. fifa yeah you should get it for the switch so i can play it on the go <laughs> there we go oh man um well and we had some poll results i think we, we were pushing for england we wanted to see if they'd make it to the final we had like 80 percent people kind of say that they would mm-hmm. and unfortunately they did not but that's okay yeah. we're very proud of them and really all this is honestly i'll say this too i know we're we're talking about soccer and it's we're mm-hmm. game of thrones you know, Song of Ice and Fire podcast, but um, the best World Cup I've ever seen. I mean, game wise, right. just like all around, like the the shootouts, craziness. So, if you're a fan of of sports and competition, that is one of the best we will ever see. Just mm-hmm. amazing. 
It's yeah. not over yet, but it's 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 been awesome. Yeah. Um, well, it is if you're from England. Yeah. It's, uh, sorry. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jiminy well, it's been over for the United States for a long time. For so. a long, yeah. 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 Um, now, a quick other other updates before we jump into the trivia. I know we've got some stuff on um, some updates on trivia. Oh, yeah. Big updates. Big updates. Before we do that, um, quick shout out to Regine, who I've been talking to this week, um, having some regular correspondence with her. Just super pumped to have her. Uh, along, actually, was kind of joking. Next summer, I'm going to be going to um, to Scotland, yeah. Ireland, and Scotland. Six days here, six days there, and so I'm already kind of planning a possible, you know, meet up with people from other projects yeah. that hey, I'm maybe doing. Maybe go to England, so, and uh, yeah, so I'm saying I think I yeah. will take a day and kind of go down there and see who I can run into. So uh, just throwing that out there. It's going to yeah. be a year away, planning that out. But yeah, I asked you- her about Sweden and Norway, and obviously she, you know, was like, "Got to come to Norway." So I think I will. Um, and actually while I'm over there, it's just a quick little flight over. So yeah. might, might be planning a big trip. I'm going to see if I can get Sir Matt to come with me. You know? Hey, I'd be down. I have a passport now. You yes. Do, you got to get one. I got to still get one. I got to yeah. get one by the end of the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got to get one and get ready to go, but big trip, uh, planning there. So, you know, just be thinking about that as we, you know, I'll be reminding everybody next summer, but, um, plan on, plan on going international, Sir Matt. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So Sir Ezra and I have been talking a lot about trivia uh first of all let's clear some things up yeah clear them up okay first of all lady lauren asked a question yeah. here we go uh hey guys love the leaderboard super excited to get back into trivia with these new rules question though is the trivia book based show based or either and i said it's book focused but every now and then you never know we may throw in a show thing question. you never know mm-hmm. show yeah. question but I, yeah i'd say it's mainly it's so far it's all been book book yeah but some things have worked both ways um, she said, okay, cool. Um, I feel like I have to challenge the answer about who exposes Arya to the Brotherhood without banners. In A Storm of Swords, Chapter 14, when Arya first encounters the Brotherhood, they take her to an inn where she runs into Harwin. Mm-hmm. Yep. He doesn't recognize her at first, but she mentions something about him leading her uh, ponies around the yard. Then Lem Lemon Cloak um, uh, and Har- Ar- Arwen asks who she is, reveals to be Arya Stark of Winterfell. Yep. So Regine kind of cha- challenged that. So, um, Lady Lauren, yeah, Lady Lauren, excuse yeah. me, Lady Lauren, yeah, kind of challenged that. And so, Sereza and I have been talking about the trivia. And good for her, by the way. Good for her. And there's also a little mix up with last week's trivia. So, Sereza, let's let me let me explain last week's trivia too. Um, who was the blacksmith at Castle Black? Uh, how does he die? And who kills him? The answer was uh, Donald Noy. Um, he is killed by uh, Mag, who's the giant uh, mm-hmm. while he's defending Castle Black. So what happened was Sarabi of Newcastle got it first. Mm-hmm. So he technically is the winner. But Lord Adam Parker messaged me early in the morning. Uh, we had someone come over and stay at the house. And so Sir Ezra wasn't yep. able to get to his computer and right. edit it in time. Uh, just kind of. He's going to do it in the morning. Right, going to do it in the morning, which he normally does, and, and post it. And so it just, it just happened. Our air conditioner was broke. There's a lot of things going on. So, it was a mess. <laughs> it was guys. a mess. Uh, so anyway, um, we ended up post. Sir Ezra said, oh, it'll be posted by nine. And I had said, Lord Adam Parker had messaged said, hey, guys, just let, don't want to be that guy. But right. just so you know, the episode didn't post, which if that ever happens, absolutely let us know. Uh, we were usually pretty on it, but um, just you know, technical difficulties. Yeah, if that oh, yeah. does if that does happen, because we schedule it to post and we just assume it will. But, yeah, for sure. Know, but that doesn't always happen. So 
feel free to, to say that and we'll we'll make sure it gets posted. But Sir Adam or Lord Adam Parker had messaged me said I said, Oh, the episode would be up at nine. Yeah. And so then the episode posted because yeah. I had thought it, that it was going that it was nine. going up at nine. So he missed it, but then he had like immediately right when it posted, yeah. Um within like a couple minutes, yeah, had uh messaged me. Yeah. So I feel like I cheat accidentally cheated him out of the trivia because he was ready to go. He messaged me right yeah. at six, like episode's not up. Like, yeah, I know. I know. So, uh, you know, and it's actually, re- it's caused us to rethink trivia. Has caused it. So what we're thinking about doing and, and let us know. Um, so the winner, so the winner is Robbie of Newcastle, but as we get into the new thing here, I'm crowning co-champions. That's right. Park, because I felt, I, I feel bad that I feel like I cheated him unfortunately the, the, the gods are telling you that it's yeah i yeah. try to be just okay it's like jaharis the conciliator when they just kept jousting going back and forth yeah, and he finally yeah. had to step in and say all right right so what we're thinking <laughs> about doing is we're thinking about kind of changing the leaderboard um that way we can get more people involved yeah um maybe awarding second third place people or making like a timeline because we've also realized it's probably unfair if the episode posts at six a.m. Mm-hmm. It is beneficial to people, say, in England and right. East Coast, right? Because mm-hmm. it's a good time. But if you're in the West Coast, then it posts at three a.m. Yeah, yeah. So it's unfair to yeah. people in, di- in different time zones. So we're trying right. to restructure that, and we're trying to rethink about how to do it. And we want more people to get on the board. And we're thinking about points. So, like, um, right here, Lady Lauren corrected us. Right. So she should be rewarded for that. Yeah, like a like a reward for for, like for corrections. Yeah. Well, we've thought about going to like a point based system. I mean, we actually we guys. One of our favorite things to do is trivia. And I tell mm-hmm. you what, man, Friday morning and and into Saturday, getting the responses and hearing people be excited right. about the trivia is the best part for us. Um, so, and the leaderboard has been fun. We wanted to develop, but if it's a point based system, if you had like a window between Friday and Saturday, and let's say you get more points for being the first person or something, or maybe mm-hmm. it's just like, you know. We, we want you. We want your feedback on that. Right. So, I think a so, good d- system. Yeah. So, just so we're we're thinking about it. Um, right now, we'll probably just keep it going the way it is. We're considering maybe creating like a, a poll that way, or like or finding something that can track it for us. That way, if you know, as the show grows, if we have like a hundred people answering, we just can't. Yeah, I was thinking like a Google form. Someone could just, uh, as I post the Fallout Friday episode on Facebook, you could just go to the Google form, plug in your information. I could then see maybe who's first, second, third. Yeah, yeah, I could see thirty responses, their timestamps, and and something. And so, yeah, so something else to where it's fair to people in different time zones. We were thinking about maybe just saying, oh, it's kind of like a giveaway. Like as long as you respond within a certain time period, like a day or two. Then maybe we'll like pick someone at random and award them. Like we were thinking about maybe doing a giveaway. Like we mail you like a little button or pen. Oh yeah, at some point we might do something. Yeah, so so things like that and just other ways for people to get points. Um. So yeah, because yeah, it, it's something you know, like like um, Gus brought this up last week in that like, hey, I listen and like it just he might be listening at a different time, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's more about we want more people on that leaderboard, um, and we want you know to to award points. So those who get on the streaks. Like if you get on a streak of like you know we're, we we have to think think it through I guess yeah you know yeah there's so. there's a there's a lot to think about so anyway um yeah congratulations uh to Sarabi Newcastle and Lord Adam Parker and Lady Lauren for pointing out that I was incorrect mm-hmm. so that's why we're um, kind of moving things around here so um, speaking of Gus or yeah. do you want to go ahead and read do we want to dive into Lord Adam Parker's 
probably going to be the main show to top topic, or do you want me to read some of these comments? We also have the ghost too. We also have the ghost too. So yeah, go ahead, go. Ahead, uh, are we jumping into Ravens then? Yeah, we're jumping into Ravens. Yeah, let's Did just jump, jump into the Ravens okay, then. Cool. Um, yeah, start with Gus. You put them all in the dock. Okay, cool. All yeah. Right, then we'll just go back. Yeah. All right. So Gus just kind of left some some comments. Um, he left us two comments about both shows from last week. Awesome discussion. Love the talk about the different religions and how the Stark children have been affected um, by basically all of them. I will say I was re-listening to some of the John chapters, and there is a part where it talks about John saying like you would pray to either mm-hmm. God. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's when it's when everything's going on. And he's trying to figure out what to do with should I ride, uh, you know, Winterfell, Winterfell yep. and all all this stuff. Yep. Um, I've never thought about it before, but I would say I'm definitely a Stark fanboy. Talking about Craig Stark there. <laughs> Sir Matt, as a Targaryen fan, where would you uh, side during the dance of ooh, the dragons? Uh, yeah. See, that one is tough. I think I would side with the blacks. Would you? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's um that's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah. You know? Um I also side with Damon Blackfire. Because yeah, technically, do. I yeah, believe he is Aegon's firstborn son. Uh, we'll get to mm-hmm. here in a bit when we talk about Viserys the Second. It's kind of revealed yeah. uh, this week as we talk about Viserys the Second, then the following week we talk about Aegon the Fourth, the Maiden Vault. He hooks up, yeah. and then uh, Damon yep. Damon Waters, who he then legitimizes all of his bastards, Damon Blackfire. I think they're the. I think yeah. he's the actual true heir. See, I think that's a, actually even trickier than. The, the dance, dance of, of dragons. dragons, because that more comes down to: Do we follow the the male line mm-hmm. with the oldest male, or is it just the oldest child, yeah. or is it the previ- the wishes of the king? Can the king just name mm-hmm. his heir? You know, which uh, Viserys did. Viserys uh, mm-hmm. the, the first right. named his heir as as um, you know his daughter. Yeah. So, and then he has another. You know, he marries uh, a high tower, and you've got Aegon the Elder. Um, mm-hmm. Who the green right? Mm-hmm. Who who assumes the throne? Yeah, man, it's a that's it's a tough. that's a tough one. Like and because in the end, I mean, let's see, um, Aegon the Younger, one of the Blacks, ends up marrying one of the Greens to right. kind of reconcile things. So I do think that's something neat that yeah. the Starks, that Craigan and those guys uh, were able to help him out with. But yeah, yeah. All right, um, here we go. As far as the Wall Stranger, I believe you are right, and it definitely took the help of the Green Seers because. Uh, the World of Ice and Fire says Brandon sought the help of the children who we know include Green Seers and the connection to the Giants and whatnot. The Green Seers must have been the ones who put the spells and magic in. Mm-hmm. Um, and a quick another thing about that. So, yeah. reading. I did some reading this week. Okay. Um, I read every week. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm, I'm going through kind of Sam's stuff right now. And Sam is, um, where I'm at is uh, Storm of Swords. Sam is, or, yeah, or Feast mm-hmm. of Crows. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Sam is getting sent out uh, by Jon Snow, Lord Commander Jon Snow. And Sam is talking about some of the books and he's talking about how even the, we have a character saying, well, some of the maesters say this about the, and he's kind of, he's kind of challenging the maesters writings because he even talks about the old tales and he says, well, it couldn't have possibly been this person because they talk about the, the children making the pact, but then what was going on here? Like he even, he even says like, well, they built the wall here, the, we knew the wall was built later than that. It's really interesting. Yeah, so and just so disputing the yeah. Histories. We talk about point of view, and you can't take these things word for word. He just yeah. kind of challenges it. Huh. Um, so interesting. I, I believe it's. Uh, I don't remember that chapter, but I'll I think to... it's Sam one. Uh, Feast of Crows. Feast of Crows. Okay. Yeah, it's All where. Right. Yeah. So interesting. 
Yeah, he's down. He's down. He's down. He's down. Uh, reading before this, and with like, Mr. is he with he's, Mr. Eamon? He's, he's he's helping yeah. Eamon, and he's reading these books, and he talks about he just can't put them down. Okay, he's like, there's always yeah. one more book, one more thing to read. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, I uh, can't forget about Dunk the Lunk though, and his possible descendants. I think Gur confirmed that Brienne was uh, one, but I'm not 100 percent sure. He kind of loosely did. Um, I read about this. He said that it would be kind of revealed that one of the characters that we know is a descendant of Sir Duncan mm-hmm. the Tall. Everyone yeah. has pretty much just taken this to be Brienne of Tarth. Um. Then again, right. he commented on the other show. Awesome discussion about John's early days and the watch and the differences show versus book. I read somewhere, probably read it that about Donald Noy getting sent to the wall after the war because he was a cannibal. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen huh. anything about that, but there's all these like awesome theories out there. Something about him eating his own arm after it was amputated. Not sure how much truth it is, but it's definitely a pretty badass story. Yeah. He loses his arm. I don't know. It could, maybe he does. I don't know. There's huh. definitely, there's so many theories on Reddit and yeah. they're all great. I will, <laughs> we will dive into that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, as for Baylor, says I agree that he didn't expect the throne. He just kind of threw himself at the faith. They say the gods flip a coin when a Targaryen is born to see if they'll be mad or not. And I mm-hmm. definitely yeah. feel his, he got the madness side. His devotion to the faith can best be described as extremism. And uh, some learned man might even call it full on insanity. He, he locked his sisters up and walked barefoot through a pip of fight. Fifers crying out loud. There isn't anything about his early days and what he was up to, but maybe he did feel he had to personally pay for the sins. Um, maybe he committed some of the sins, uh, committed some sins of his own. Someone how Lancel Lancer made a complete 180 towards the faith. Yeah, I mean, maybe he was doing some stuff like Lancel Lannister, and he and was, he was uh, hooking up and decided, yeah. It just, well, you know, there could be something. Well, there's like one little line in the World of Ice and Fire where it's talking about why he made the Maiden Vault, and some people say it was to uh, get rid of his own temptations. Yeah, and he, I think he kind of says that it just makes me wonder if he did something in his younger days, you know, that was really God awful, you know, and he's repenting for it or something. And he's just lost his mind. Think about this is that he, he was so young. He actually would also have been growing up with Aegon, uh, the, uh, the younger, not Aegon the younger, uh, Aegon the fourth, the, Oh yeah. They'd be the same age. What's his nickname? Uh, uh, the unworthy, unworthy. Yeah. Yeah. Aegon the unworthy. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. be, they're roughly the same age. So he'd be growing up with him, so he's committing all sorts of sins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah, it just makes you wonder, you know, yeah. what, what was his early, early life like there? So it seemed like they did say that he was always kind of devoted to the faith, but it just makes you wonder if he didn't do something real bad early on, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. So, or maybe he just gets kind of persuaded easily, like Tommen. Yeah, uh, yeah, could yeah. be. I don't know. So interesting. All right, well, let's dive into trivia question. There it is. This is kind of a simple one. Uh, we went kind of heavy last week, so we're going to go with a, a simple one here. A blank is a wildling woman who is also a warrior. Mm. What is the name of a wildling woman who's also a warrior? Hint, hint, kind of maybe perhaps a marriage title. They don't really get formally married up there. but mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, certain thing. You've definitely heard the term quite often. This one's pretty straightforward. Pretty yeah. straightforward. Yeah. Yep. So, okay, let's uh, go ahead and dive into yeah. the ghost. Of Another Harrenhal. Raven here this week from uh, the Ghost of Harrenhal, and uh, I'll read all of this, and then I'll kind of dive into um, what I think about it. Uh, excuse me. Let's see here. Um, who does Daenerys hear approaching? Actually, let me go. The title of the email always gives something away here. Fire and blood. Fire and Blood and Context is the title of the raven that we got. Who does Daenerys hear approaching? Um, 
and then the ghost mentioned here that there's there's several possibilities. Um, I, we're, we're talking about after I read the whole thing, we're, we're talking about um, a dance of dragons. You know, we're talking mm-hmm. about the last uh, point of view chapter, uh, maybe the last several point of view chapters in a dance of dragons. And I love actually that the ghost is very dance of dragons heavy. <laughs> because it does make us jump to the end of that series and speculate. That's where we can do a lot of speculation and kind of, uh, you know, guesswork, try to try to figure out what will happen and, and, and so on. Although I'm finding, Sir Matt, that I have to go look at Winds of Winter chapters that have been released because, right. gosh darn it, they're like... A lot like, of people pull from that, too. They're, well, they're trickling in. I mean, mm-hmm. some of these things have been answered and stuff. Now, not, not Daenerys' stuff, but who does she hear approaching? Um, the ghost says we have options. You know, is it, is it someone like Jorah, Grey Worm, the Kalasar, the Sons of the Harpy, the Slavers, the Warlocks, Greyjoy, a Greyjoy, um, and so on. Uh, it actually also mentions in here, did Frog get Connington to bring his army to her uh, type of situation? So there's a fine line. There's a fine line. Danny and her people are walking between uh, her new husband and the sons of the harpy and the, and the revolting slavers. In response to the attack on his queen, Sir Barristan Selmy rides um, Danny's silver into the fight, giving heart to her disease-stricken people in her absence. Was he victorious in securing Marine? So let's just start with that one, actually. Yeah. Let's get back to the question of who she hears. So to back up a little bit, uh, we're in Slaver's Bay, we're in Marine, and the people are revolting, uh, the Pale Mare, the disease, things like that have, have come into the city. Um, it's not good. You've got sellsword companies lining up on either side. Uh, you've got an interesting fellow named, they nickname him Frog. Um, he's with the Tattered Prince, and he is actually Quentin Martell. Um, Quint- yeah, Quentin Martell. And he actually, this is interesting, it's not something we've talked a lot about but um, Ariana Martell, who was one of the first point of view chapters in Winds of Winter, and that one I haven't read yet, and I'm really like itching to go read it after this mm-hmm. because it kind of kind of got into it just a bit. Um, there was a marriage pack. You remember we talked about Sir William Derry yeah. uh, at the very start of this actually helped to get Danny and her brother Viserys out of Dragonstone and away uh, to Essos. Well, he signed a pact with. Um, uh, Duran Martell, right? Or Dorman, Doran, however you say it. Um, Martell. And it was basically that Viserys would marry Ariana. And they that would be like the alliance. That would be what would help Viserys come back into his, um, into his own there. I don't know. And I actually don't know that Viserys knew this. You, yeah. Right, Sir Matt? Because it sounds like it's something that might have got lost with um, Sir William Derry when he was taken sick and they just lost everything, you know, um, because if he did, I think he'd be hitting up. I think he would be wanting to capitalize on that. Absolutely. Right. I mean, instead of going around and being the, the, the beggar King. Right. Um, so anyways, that didn't work out. Viserys is, I mean, I think, I think maybe Dora Martell is just kind of waiting to, to deliver that news when, when time is right. I mean, during the clash of Kings would have been a great time, but Viserys is dead. And so during that time, um, I think the the itch starts to kind of arise to become independent again, or to put you know uh, to get back or to get get back at the Lannisters or to get some influence at court. And he sends Quentin Martell, his son, to kind of you know uh, hook up with Danny to pledge mm-hmm. to to you know take the marriage pact uh, that had been signed on the Targaryen children's behalf and see if he can marry her and gain some type of alliance. You know, there and honestly, um, 
you know, her counselors would be saying to her as you went back, as you, and we saw this in the show, as you go back to Westeros, you may need um, some strong allies. And so I think that might be, you know, something that she, that she needs. So anyways, um, there's, there's that whole piece with him, but he's actually killed Sir Matt. Yeah. He's actually killed by, um, by the dragons. He spends three days in bed, just burning. I mean, I think what, Sir Barristan saw me at one point says it would have been better, better if the dragons would have just, um, just ate him. Uh, but Danny, um, d- during the, um, the fighting pit scene, she actually has to, you know, she goes, her, her, uh, Drogon shows up and, you know, there's this whole commotion where she flies off on him and they're trying to kill her dragon and all this craziness is happening. There was, there's a revolt in fighting uh, and, and stuff happening. She is like gonzo. She's out of there. She is out of Marine. She is in the Dothraki sea uh, with her dragon. And we're going to get back to that in just a second. So during that absence, the ghost is asking, did Sir Barristan sell me? Um, did he, was he victorious in securing uh, Marine? I think he was. He does try to kind of keep things in order. Uh, they don't really know what to do. You know, um, they had hostages at one point with his dar, uh, her, her king, her husband, you know. Um, and so they're just trying to hold everything together, you know. And Danny actually, when she's away in the Death Rocky Sea, is wondering how things are going. What's happening back in Marine? You know, um, is it all working out? Did it all fall apart? Uh, and then she's also wondering about the state in which they will find her. You know, is it like, because she's, I think she has like dysentery. It seems like anyways, from, from right. the reading. I mean, she's just like. She un- tried to ford the river. Okay. Yeah. And now she's got dysentery. Okay? <laughs> yeah, you can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do it. You can't ford the river. That's a bad idea. Um, but yeah, she's, she's, she's getting into some trouble there. So I don't know. Um, I, I think that they do end up getting the, the, the city somewhat under control, but I believe you um, were able to find the end of that his so so that's a that's a that's a winds of winter chapter that you're pulling from there right what's it say about him and winds of winter oh gosh sorry i i just i, I just, oh, just clicked it out i clicked out because I was, I, was, I, was, I was trying to search theories specifically theories about him does it say that's where he that's where he he rides into battle um this is from the 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 wiki here um sir barrison uh young kaish threat in the second Siege of Marine has been augmented by the presence of the bloody flux. Cerverison notes that under normal circumstances, he would defend Marine from behind its strong walls. However, because of the um, Yunkish uh, introduced the mm-hmm. pale mare into the Marine by into Marine by uh, catapulting inflected corpses over the walls, he resides to roll out ride out and meet his enemies on the field rather than watch the impending outbreak annihilate Marine. On the eve of the offenses, he gives a pep talk to his newly anointed knights and soldiers when his talk is interrupted by the arrival of Dawn. Barristan orders the Red Lamb to sound the attack. And that's Winds of Winter. That's Winds of Winter. Okay. Um, okay, hold on one second here. So one of the last things that I kind of remember in um, The Dance of Dragons is that Sir Barristan Selmy goes to capture... His dar, and he has this epic fight with like his protectors. Right, kills one of them, etc. And when you leave the end of that chapter, you're left with this, you know, face down type of thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, so as I'm looking in 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 the wiki and things, um, I'm realizing I don't remember the chapter of him being, you know, hand of the queen type of situation. You know, right. That's basically where, you know, like I said earlier, like he he had met with Quentin that he had said the piece about Quentin, you know, um, better that he would have been, you know, eaten by the dragon versus right. burned. For some reason, I thought that happened earlier and I didn't really, re- I thought the last thing I knew about Cerberus and Sami was that he would, he was in this epic, you know, fight. Right. And then so 
me not have read have have uh, you know reading Winds of Winter didn't really know his fate because yeah. I I'd said we've said multiple times I've not read any of the Winds of Winter you know chapters right and so I was really left with like okay possible so that's why when right. the show comes out and says you know Sir and Selmy's you know facing down the sons of the harpy and is killed I'm kind of like well maybe that's how it's going to happen in the book you know right. maybe maybe Ever, this yeah. battle with his dars you know guards or whatever uh, is what what kills him but. Um, I guess there is another chapter where he, I, for some reason, just didn't, don't remember it. Yeah. Um, all, uh, on, on the on the Reddit threads and everything like that, all, everyone seems to be extremely upset with the way he goes down in the show. Um, I think, though, and just kind of reading and seeing what people are saying, it seems like um, because it's Barristan Selma who's kind of taking this hand of the queen role um, rather than Tyrion, is that they kind of want to get Tyrion in there in the show because they don't have as much time. So I'm going to assume Tyrion is still going to get that role. And maybe it is because Barris and Selmy is kind of dead. So Barris and Selmy is kind of not as in charge. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. With Daenerys kind of gone. For sure. I, I get that. You know, and let me go back to the ghosts um, Raven here because the question, you know, in response to the attack on his queen. Right. You know, um, as you had said, talks about riding into the fight. So for me, for some reason, it having been a long time since I've read that chapter, actually, I, it has been over a year or so that since right. I've read that chapter. Um, I thought the ghost was referring to that fight that, that him trying to capture his dar, you know, trying right. to go in there and, and face him down. He's talking about winds of winter. So I've not actually read. So I have to go back and say, I don't actually know what, yeah. what's going to happen with that. So I assume we're going to secure the city and it's yeah. going to be secure. Kind of like they did in the show. And then when she comes back, you know, it's also theoretically possible that the Winds of Winter chapters that Gurr has read, the teaser chapters, could be changed or altered. Yeah, it might be. I mean, yeah, it could, they'll probably be close, but it's, right. but yeah, I mean, anyways. So we know that book's still, you know, 10 years away. Yeah. I mean, I think it's done, but. Yeah. Um, well, anyways, this, these are what these questions do, because I honestly thought there for a second that Sir Barristan Selmy, where I left him in my mind, was in that predicament, but as you had just read to me and yeah. and when i'm going back and looking through the wiki here he does make it out of that ordeal and he is actually hand of the queen kind of mm-hmm. residing over things and then you know um it's good to go and that's good because i like sir barristan i hope he does yeah stick around the longest honestly one of my so. favorite characters uh okay sir i believe the ghost also had some other uh yeah just another question uh daenerys is surviving a grass surviving in a grass sea after Drogon refuses to return. Uh, she's so sick, she's concerned about the condition she will be found in, starving, shitting, bleeding. Um, the last time Danny's thighs uh, were slick with blood, she had a dream that reminded her she is the seed of Aegon the Conqueror, which changed everything. When she's under attack in the city, Drogon tries to save her with blood and fire. Did he fly away and stay away because he wanted to, or was he summoned by Dragon Binder? Yeah. Question. Well, that's a good question. Um, so we had, uh, we had a good dive into this chapter uh, bef- bef- uh, before we started uh, podcasting here because um, I had kind of forgotten it. Um, yeah, so Danny is, we were talking, she kind of got like dysentery or something. Or she's having like hallucinations um, when uh, she thinks about Drogon flying to Dragonstone, which is like this cave. And that's just mm-hmm. kind of what she calls it because... Um, you know, that's, I don't know. That's just what she calls it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just kind of remind her of her own home. Um, and you and I were talking about this is, is it, is it the idea that Dragonbinder is being blown 
and causing and causing this to happen or is it just maybe she's kind of losing her connection to the dragons also you, you we, before the show we were kind of talking about valyria and kind of mm-hmm. how they have like yeah. of spells and maybe that has something to do with it yeah you know i guess I'll, I'll open up the the book here a little bit because this is a little bit um a little foggy on it um let's see so in danny's uh last point of view chapter one of the things, uh, she starts to think about how the dragons are controlled. She, she says that she would have sooner r- returned to uh, Marine uh, on her dragon's wings, to be sure. Uh, but that was a desire Drogon did not seem to share. Right. Okay. Uh, and then she goes on to say, the dragon lords of old Valyria had controlled their mounts um, with binding spells, uh, sorceress horns, and, and so on. So, you know, and uh, she actually throughout this whole chapter, she's kind of motivating and pushing herself with her own whip. Mm-hmm. Um, like she would on her horse. She's like tapping her thighs with the whip to kind of like keep herself moving along, right. which is interesting. Um, and she talks about how that's more of an annoyance for Drogon than it is um, giving him any, any direction with her horse. If she taps it on, if she whips her horse on the you know right side, it will go left because it, it fears that Ver- dragon will do the opposite. It's annoyed and it wants to attack. And so it will swing, you know, towards the touch and stuff. And by the end of the chapter, she just loses the whip and she's just, you know, right. on her on her dragon doing her thing. But it is interesting that it, it appears at the start of this that she has lost control or that he wants to do his own thing. She doesn't have true control over her dragon and Quaith Quaith's visions come up a lot in this or not her visions, her um. Oh, her conversation with, with Quaith. Let me see if we can find it real quick. I marked it here. Oh, here we go. Um, so at one point, she's she's recalling what, what Quaith had said. You know, to go north, you must journey south. To reach the west, you must go east. To go forward, you must go back. To touch the light, you must pass beneath the shadow. And then she says, Quaith, Danny called, where are you, Quaith? Um, and then she saw her mask is made of starlight. Remember who you are, Daenerys. The stars whispered in the woman's voice. The dragons know, do you? And so this is really is she's having a lot of visions and different things are going on here. Um, she's having conversations with people. She's hallucinating things out in the Dothraki Sea. And basically, um, she has to go back to go forward. She has to go back to her roots. And and through that, she's got to meet up with the uh, Kalasar. You know, she's going to meet back with... with um, the, the Dothraki. So, and she does that actually at the end of the chapter. So now I don't know, man, it is, is he, was he, is he summoned away or is this just his place where he's, he, I think he's really honestly just set up shop here until she's, until she decides she wants to be a true Targaryen and she wants to actually, you know, like fully kind of commit to this because this whole chapter is her about thinking about her life in Marine and getting back to her home and her place of, of, of power, which is Marine. And that's not her roots. That's not the, the that's not the going back to that Quaith is talking about. Mm-hmm. And so she has to make up in her mind what she wants. And she's, she's been teeter tottering on whether she should go back to Westeros. Yes, she should, but she has to care about all these people, secure the city, you know, do with slavery and all this kind of stuff. And it's, it's a real, you know, decision chapter for her. Yeah. I think in the show, uh, this is kind of how it goes down in the show. Remember, she's at kind of that. She's at that kind of games thing, and then like that's when Tyrion shows up, and like Jorah brings Tyrion, and then like they're kind of attacked by the Sons of the Harpy, um, and then um, Drogon like shows up to save her and gets wounded, 
And yeah. then Daenerys gets on Drogon and just kind of flies away, like just gets out of there. Yeah. And then Drogon is like injured. And so he just flies way away. And then he kind of like drops her off. And then um, she same kind of a thing where she's like tired and what's going on. Mm-hmm. And like um, Drogon just flies away, presumably to like get food for them. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's when she's kind of rushed by the Kalasar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When and, and I'll say that could be sometimes we get oversaturated with with, with the show because earlier I got to apologize because like, you know, when with the ghost here, I when I first read this, I I never in my head have Winds of Winter in my mind. Right. Because I've just not read it. So yeah. um, I was actually just putting the Barris and Selmy piece in my mind right after that attack. As you said, it was by the harpies in the yeah. in the show, you know, um, in my mind, I was thinking, yeah, okay, after that, Drogon leaves with her, and then Barristan Selmy goes in to, has his, this epic showdown with one of the pit warriors in the books, and I'm not sure what happens to him. But, you know, in fact, I was, I was wrong. I was wrong. Mm-hmm. There, there's actually more to it than that, and he, he is good to go, which, which gives me, you know, hope yeah. there. So, I don't know, yeah, it's... This is also, isn't, isn't this also the first time she rides Drogon? Uh, yeah. You mean when she leaves the pits? Yeah. Uh, I think so. Yeah, because I'm just I'm looking at the Game of Thrones wiki right now because sometimes we just like to cross compare yeah. them. Um, yeah, it says uh, Danny mm. climbs onto the back and bids uh, and bids him to fly, becoming the first Targaryen dragon rider in over a century. Could be could also just be she hasn't broken him in. Yeah, she hasn't broken him in. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, because I think it is. Yeah, she she like approaches him in the pit. He like you know. Uh, the whole thing happens again where she's like covered in dragon flame and it, right. and it doesn't hurt her. She's good to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, burns her hair and stuff like that. So, yeah. Anyways, honestly, Ghost, you got me this week. That's a, that's a tough. I mean, the, the Bears and Selmy stuff, uh, I had forgotten, quite honestly. So that's. Right. Because there's only a handful of Winds of Winter chapters that are even released. I didn't know there was one with him, though, until you literally just read that. So that's why I had to like pause for a second and think like, oh, crap. Yeah, yeah uh, I'll, I'll pull I'll pull that up to see which ones. I think it's like six chapters. Okay. Well, anyways, uh, thanks though. Appreciate that. We'll we'll try to be a little more. Um, eight. There are eight uh, Winds of Winter chapters released. Okay. Cool. 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 That's awesome. Okay. Um. So let's let's move on Sam, here. We have Sam the Hammer and Lord Adam Parker. They kind of go together. They're about crows and ravens once again. Okay. And Lord Adam Parker's is long. <laughs> it is. It is. Yes. Um, so I'll read Sam the Hammers here. What do we oh, got? Oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, and he actually, Sam is the one who kind of prompted us, get, got us in that conversation of Crow versus Raven. Right. Um, at the end of last week. And I said there was more we needed to do to dig into it. Um, and so he, he says a follow up, you know, to last week. My take on the brand slash cold hands. Uh, quote I sent through is that it is um, hinting that Bran doesn't know the difference between a crow and a raven. I read it as a group of crows flying around, which he mistakenly refers to as a raven. Point of view is everything. Um, So when he says three-eyed crow, he actually sees a three-eyed raven. I agree agree with Ezra that the show has probably just... Uh, shortcut this detail for us, but maybe it's going to mean more in the books. Uh, maybe it's just a reference to Blood Raven, but I can see crows and ravens taking a more important symbolism, absolutely. you know, type of role going fo- forward in the books. Yeah, absolutely. Sam I, the Hammer. I, I kind of agree with that. Yeah. Um, and I went back and doggone it, I don't have it pulled out in front of me, but I, I did go back and, 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 and kind of read that a little bit. And it does, 
say that cold hands like is like those those the the ravens are hopping along kind of like leading him mm-hmm. and they are helping you know type of type of thing so but anyways let's dive into um lord adam parker's because he's got a, he's his is the same type of thing talking about the crow versus raven uh debate mm-hmm. here we go this is gonna be a long one so strap in good I, I'll, I'll help you read you can read part one i'll read part two okay perfect Dear sirs, after listening to the Crow vs. Raven debate for weeks now, I had to extract wisdom from the earth. Those are his words, by Those the way. Just to be clear. Uh, it's been a while since Sword Island Parker has actually submitted like a raven. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, below, you'll find ravens and crows as told in folklore with the common beliefs our ancestors had about them. Then I talk about how Gurr uses crows and ravens within the Song of Ice and Fire books compared to the facts about birds then i conclude with a theory you may have come across with order of the green hand and about if blood raven is the thread crow based upon how crows and ravens act with nature in the past literature i hope this can put an end to the ongoing debate (laughs) um lord adam parker continued with context although crows and ravens are two different birds it is often difficult to tell them apart We have several depictions and legends about how these birds and various cultural traditions, but more often than not, we see that both birds are mentioned uh, synonymously, except in some extreme, extremely rare cases. First, let's define what these birds are. Um, Corvus is a widely distributed genus of medium sized to large birds in the, uh, the family court of, uh, Corvidae. Mm-hmm. Uh, the genus includes species commonly known as crows, ravens, rooks, and uh, jackdaws. Mm. Uh, what our ancestors thought of these birds, Greco-Roman. In Greek mythology, ravens are associated with Apollo, the god of prophecy. They are said to be the symbol of bad luck and where uh, the gods messengers in the mortal world. According to the mythological narration, Apollo sent a white raven or crow in some versions to spy on his lover, Coronis. Um, when the raven brought back the news that Coronis had been unfaithful to him, Apollo scorched the raven in his fury, turning the animal's feathers black. This is why all ravens are black today. This is from the uh, Hebrew Bible and Judaism. The raven is in the the first species of bird to be mentioned in the Torah, and ravens are mentioned on numerous occasions thereafter. In the book of Genesis, Noah uh, releases a white raven, translated to a dove in the English Bible, um, from the ark after a great flood to test whether the waters have receded. According to the law of Moses in Leviticus, ravens are uh, forbidden for food. And this is uh, Celtic, uh, Gur's favorite, and the, also the old gods of the north. Ravens were also associated with the Welsh god Bran the Blessed, whose name translates to yeah. raven. That's pretty neat. That's really interesting. Yeah. The first name Bram, B-R-A-M, is derived from two sources. One being an abbreviation of Abraham, but the other being the Gaelic word Bran, meaning raven. The name Bran, signifying a raven, was used in medieval Ireland. Fun fact and very long story short, Bran the Blessed was beheaded uh, and his head talked for such a long time. After after it stopped talking, they decided to bury his head under the Tower of London. Uh, That's the White Tower facing France to prevent future invasions. Also, according to legend, the Kingdom of England will fall if the ravens of the Tower of London are removed. London to this day literally maintains a raven's nest in the tower to ensure the kingdom never falls. True story. Wow. All because Bran and Bran the Raven protected the Tower of London. Side story, King Arthur, in a dick move, removed Bran's head because Arthur would protect London himself. After years 
later the Duke of Normandy, William the Conqueror, conquered London, including the Tower of London, and took over and also kept track of all of his wealthy landowners in the Doomsday Book. This is uh, 1086, 1086, hmm. uh, which is the first ever book to record surnames, and my surname, Parker, is in that book. Germanic cultures and Vikings age Gur is heavily influenced by this to the Germanic peoples uh, Norse Odin was often associated with ravens. Odin is depicted as having one all seeing eye blood Raven uh, and two ravens uh, Hugen and Munin serving as uh, eyes and ears Um, Hugen uh, being referred to as uh, thought and Munin as memory. I'm sure our uh, Norse, you know, wow. people are like, sir, Matt, you are just butchering that. <laughs> it's okay. It's what we do. What we do. That's we why I gave you the history yeah. readings. Um, each day the Ravens fly out from, uh, oh God, what's that? I don't know what that word is. Hlogs. <laughs> I, I don't know who pulled up. I'm sorry. Isn't that the guy who in Thor is like the guy with the sword? Sure. Yes. Yeah. No, it's a different guy. I think Odin's I uh, throne where he can see all in the realms. Yeah, it is. It's the guy. Heindall is what they call him. And it's like the same kind of character. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't know how that is. H L I O S K J A L F. I don't know. Uh, and brings Odin news from Midgard or earth. The Raven was common, a common device used by the Vikings. Um, Ragnar Lothbrook, a main character from Viking show on history channel can be found on Amazon prime. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, also a good show to watch while uh, Game of Thrones is not on. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of similar. Had a Raven banner called Rayfan, and it said uh, in battle that if the banner fluttered, Lothbrook would win, but it, if it hung lifeless, the battle would be lost. Okay. Wow. Part need, two, they, they, they need a breeze is what you're mm-hmm. saying. So there's some history. Uh, there's some there's some how they're ravens and crows and things are, are kind of used throughout um, various, you know, uh, histories. So part two here, uh, the game of Corvus here. Uh, warging by definition is mind control or mind melding, another living thing. Uh, most mythologies involving ravens also involve shape-shifting. Native American legends tell of raven shape-shifting into a man, a pine needle, and even a wolf. Uh, Japanese mythology has spirits taking raven form or a woman, you know, shape-shifting into ravens. Norse mythology includes Loki shape-shifting. Uh, both Bran and John are connected with crows and ravens using their warging ability. We can also assume that Blood Raven makes frequent use of ravens as his eyes. Both are both in the scene with Sam and Gilly uh, and as Mormont's raven. Lord Commander Mormont's Raven is abnormally large, extremely old, and commands a, vari- uh, a varied vocabulary. Ravens live a very long life, um, from anywhere from 40 to 80 years, so it's not unusual for Mormont's Raven to have been around as long as Maester Aemon. Wow, that's a long time. Yeah. Um, ravens are capable of the most complex um, vocalizations in the bird kingdom. They make uh, many different kinds of, of calls. Uh, varying from a low uh, gurgling, um, you know, like a croak to a harsh, you know, grating sound, a shrill, um, alarming call. And they can be taught a variety of words and phrases. Um, in A Song of Ice and Fire, as it plays out here, the world is filled with war, plague, death, and crows are seen everywhere, preying on the spoils. They are seen eating flesh, pecking out eyes, and numerous other deeds usually reserved for vultures. The wildlings call the night's watch crows 
because they dress in black and bring with them death. Crows and ravens are often um, often use their amazing high IQ to manipulate other species where meals are concerned. They've been observed calling to dogs, wolves, or to other predators to attack, uh, or I'm sorry, calling these wolves and predators to attract them to a corpse. Uh, the raven cannot scavenge or open with their own. Um, so they, you know, basically they want them to open up the flesh and they right. can get into it, right? This um, advanced intelligence also allows them to share social and territorial spaces with these kind of predators without becoming prey themselves. Ravens and crows have been observed working together to distract a person or animal away from a potential meal so the other can snatch it away. Uh, historically, crows have been depicted scavenging or circling the dead through many art forms. Think of Ned in season one and have been used in Norse um, and Tibetan rituals to consume corpses in honor of the dead as vessels for rebirth. Among the vast arsenal of messenger, uh, of messenger ravens, among the vast arsenal of messenger ravens employed throughout Westeros, the maesters of the Citadel use a special white raven to distinguish messages coming from the Citadel from other messages. Not to be mistaken... Uh, for an albino bird, white ravens are quite real and are the result of, yeah, no idea, leucism? Um, a gen- yeah, like a genetic disorder whereby the pigmentation call, uh, the pigmentation of the cells are unevenly distributed, hence resulting in patches of feathers looking paler, uh, bleached looking or snow white. White ravens are the result of uh, the mating of two common ravens with the same genetic de- defect. So okay, there's so basically white ravens are a thing. <laughs> yeah, they're real, right? So this is how uh, crows and ravens are depicted in history literature and a Song of Ice and Fire. Interesting fact, Sir Matt. Yep. So over here, I just pulled up a picture of white ravens, and uh, yeah, it is not albinoism because mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm looking at the ones here, and they all have blue eyes. Wow, that's interesting. It's interesting. Okay, uh, part three. Yeah, is Blood Raven the three-eyed crow? In my many, in my travels, I came across this theory by Order of the Green Hand how Blood Raven is not the three-eyed crow because the difference between crows and ravens. Ravens are the traditional helpers of humans, giving knowledge, tools, and conveying messages. Crows, on the other hand, are tricksters, often associated with evil and wrongdoers. What is also apparent is that George R. R. Martin knows the difference and has applied it in A Song of Ice and Fire. Ravens are the messenger birds of Westeros, with white ravens signalizing the uh, the change of seasons. They are also the helper birds to Brendan Rivers, known as Blood Raven for his birthmark and his character. Blood Raven, whether misguided or not, is attempting to serve the realm with the greater cause of humanity, his larger motivation. Jor Mormont's bird, which becomes John, uh, which helps John become Lord Commander of the Night's Watch and utters suspicious words at various times. King, being the most telling while looking at John, is a raven. At the same time, crows also make several appearances, none of them favorable. The title of the fourth book in the series, A Feast for Crows, is about mass death. The wildlings or free folk refer to a member of the Night's Watch as crows for their black garments, but also to mock them as uh, carrion feeders, harbingers of death, and targets. Crows show up at various times after battles to feed on the dead, and then there are the most famous of them all, the three-eyed crow. The vast majority of fandom mistakenly believing that Bloodraven is a threaded crow, but as Order the Green Hand pointed out, that is not correct. Mm-hmm. First and foremost is the distinction between Bloodraven and the three-eyed crow as laid out above. 
Blood Raven is associated with ravens. Never crows except as a member of the Night's Watch, and that is a label of the wildlings or free folk would call him, not something with which he associates himself uh, or his bigger role as helping a uh, humanity. Um, second, when Bran and company first encounter him, Bran asks him point bank whether he is the three-eyed crow and Blood Raven and Leaf deny it. Specifically, Blood Raven does not recognize the creature, but relates that he was once a crow. That is a member of the Night's Watch. Leaf corrects Bran and calls Blood Raven the last Greenseer. Thus, the three-eyed crow that has not only contacted Bran and Jojen, but also seems to have contacted Euron, giving him the crow's eye obsession, is a separate entity from the Blood Raven with its own ability to enter dreams and give people the third eye. So Ezra is just smirking across the table at me. Given that crows opening a third eye is uh, in order to take their souls in mythology, the three-eyed crow seems to be using Blood Raven's green sight for nefarious purposes. In Jojen's chase, the three-eyed crow convinced him uh, to secret Bran away from Winterfell. It, is, it, is, it also provided Theon and Ramsay the inspiration to bring Jojen's green, deem, green dreams predictions of Winterfell drowning to fruition. Also, Order of the Green Hand convincingly argues in Game of Thrones the old powers are walking the winged wolf video that, came, that the three-eyed crow uh, manipulating Bran and company into taking the iron swords into the Winterfell crypts where they were holding those spirits within out of the crypts unleashing the ice dragon serpent. Last but not least, Euron Greyjoy's King's Moot speech takes on an even more ominous meaning once we understand Euron not as a manipulator of events, but as a tool of the Theid Crow. He proclaims that Westeros is dying, not weak, not enfeebled, but dying. He promises that an ironborn will feast before the fall of the night. That is, they will feast before the end of days. Euron sees himself as a euthanizer. Uh, only in this case, Euron is seeking to euthanize Westeros. In other words, a three-eyed crow is not blood raving, seeking to aid the realm, but an entity seeking to kill all of humanity. There is only one group that could use blood raving for that purpose. It is the same group that seeks the death of all humanity. It is the same group that is behind the faceless men who want to give the gift of mercy of killing all humanity. Valar Mulquis. It is the same group that has its consciousness absorbed into a collective mind that goes back hundreds of millennia. It is the same group that has been driven to the near extinction by humanity and is harboring a grudge. They sing the song of earth and every song mm. must have its balance. The children of the forest and their weirwoods are the three-eyed crow and they do not have good intentions. Remember the words of House Parker from Earth Wisdom. From Earth Wisdom. Okay. First of all, thank you. Yeah, it was long. That was, a, that was long, that was but we appreciate very it. Very detailed, very lengthy Raven thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are your thoughts, Sir Matt? Because I have everything bookmarked here in the in the book, <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna read, I'm gonna confirm somewhat of, of what uh, Lord Adam Parker just said. Yeah. What are, what are your thoughts? Initial thoughts. It's a lot to unpack. Um yeah, I mean I can see that that the like that's what kind of what we've been saying is that the three eyed crow is more of like an entity. Mm-hmm. Um, in that, like, it is you is potentially using Blood Raven, right? Yeah, like it's kind of feasting on him, um, and that it's trying to like implant itself into Bran. Um, whether or not it is like a good thing or a bad thing, I still think remains yet to be yet to be determined. Okay, okay. Um, um because something about it still just doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And that is the 
Children of the Forest mm-hmm. and the others. Okay. I still, I don't see how the, how the two are connected, how the two are connected because okay. I, to me that that's the one thing I can't really get past is do the, unless the three eyed crow is manipulating also the children of the forest, which is possible, <laughs> but I just don't, I it's just, it's a tricksy bird. It's a it tricksy is, it bird. It is a tricksy bird, but what, is, but what is, what, what would be the, what would be the purpose of that to just to kill? Like if, so if you kill everything, what, what are you left with? Well, I, 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 what's like, that's there, where I there think has you, to be a bigger, there has to be a bigger, a bigger plan. Well, that's where I think, um, either, like you said, either, either they're together, like as, as Lord, Lord Adam Parker has said, either they're together, they're right. working in cahoots, um, or they are, um, if he's using the children, then as you mentioned, do, or do the others fit in with the children? If they're separate and he's just using the children, then the others are just wanting control. Right. They're just wanting to take over. You know, right. Perhaps. Now, maybe Gurr could be going down this route. So hear me out on this. Okay. So in and it's in a lot of things. But the first thing I kind of think of is Supernatural. Mm-hmm. Um, you've seen it, right? Sorry, yeah. Sorry. OK, yeah. so in Supernatural, there is the part. I think it's like season four or whatever, where Sam and Dean are like tracing down the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah. And they're tracing them down. And it's like war, pestilence, pain. And then they get to death. And death kind of says like, yeah, like while I am one of the four horsemen, he's like, I have a much bigger, more important role Yeah, in yeah. that he's like, everything ends, including mm-hmm. God. Right. And man, that could be something Gur is ultimately going with. Well, like, yeah, we are going to have this clash between R'hllor <clears throat> and the great other. But at yeah. the end, like you think about like time, everything yeah. theoretically could end. So death is like the ultimate winner. Yeah, behind the, everything. Behind yeah. everything. So maybe yeah. that's what Gur is going towards. And then you could kind of get into like, you know, in like the Matrix where you have like, what's the guy's name where he's like, we just reset the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Um, the architect or whatever. The architect or whatever. Yeah. Like maybe that is like, <laughs> maybe that's the thing is that it's the wheel and it's a constant cycle of life and death. And right. Yeah. And like they're they're intertwined. But some there are like some things like where will death still is even outside of that. Outside thing. of that. Out, out, outside out, of the wheel. Yeah. Outside of that. So I don't know. OK. Yeah. Interesting. That's an interesting thought. Um, a couple things I want to I want to sure up here. I, I just want to I thought are interesting from this chapter because we are talking about um, the, I think it's Bran. If you guys want to go read this, I think it's Bran 2 and A Dance of Dragons. And, um, you know, they're with cold hands. By the way, did you know, Anna, and this is one of my heartbreaks. I, I, I have a theory I was working on and I got heartbroken by something that so spake Gurr or so spake Martin that really kind of tore me up. I'll tell you guys about that later. But in reading some of the things that, uh, that uh, George R.R. Martin has said about theories and speculation, He's often said Cold Hands is not um, Benjamin Stark. Yeah, he's not. So just throwing that out there. Okay, so when yeah. we talk about Cold Hands here, that's sort of been mentioned by uh, George Martin. Okay, but Cold Hands is talking. He's leading them along. The Ravens have helped. Um, they're talking about the, 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 the warded cave. You know, it, um, Mira is talking about it. They need to get inside of it. The cave is warded. They cannot pass. Uh, the ranger used his sword to point... You can see the interest there halfway up between the werewoods um, that cleft in the rock. I see it, Bran said. Ravens were flying in and out. Ravens were flying in and out of this cave. Mm-hmm. Hodor shifted his weight. Hodor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and so it goes on a little bit here. They were talking about, at one point, 
Um, they're looking at the snow. Um, let's see here. No one's here, said Bran bravely. Look at the snow. There are no footprints. Interesting. The ranger, the ranger, uh, says, the White Walkers go lightly on the snow. You will find no prints to mark their passage. Very interesting. I thought mm-hmm. that was kind of neat. Um, and uh, see, a raven descended from above, settled on his shoulder. Only a dozen of the big black birds remained with them. The rest had vanished along the way. Every dawn when they arose, there had been fewer and fewer. Come, the bird squawked. Come, come. Bran thinks to himself, the three-eyed crow. And then he thinks, the green seer. It's not so far, he said. A little climb. We'll be safe. And they start to make their way up. Now, let me skip ahead in the chapter here. Um, they get there. And there's a little bit of an attack that kind of happens before they get into right. the cave, you know. And um, Mira is meeting with, uh, with Leaf here and actually runs into one of the children of the forest. Um, who are you? Mira Reed asked. Brand new. She's a child. A child of the forest. He, sh- he shivered uh, as much from wonderment as cold. Um, they had fallen into one of Old Nan's tales. Um, the first men named us children, the little woman said. The giants called us Wadok Nagran, mm-hmm. the squirreled people, because we were small and quick and fond of trees. Uh, but we were no squirrels, no children. Um, our name in the true tongue means those who sing the song of earth, as Lord Adam Parker just mentioned. Um, and so they, they go on, they talk a little bit more. Uh, she's over 200 years old, all of this good stuff. Now, interesting thing about the ranger here. We're doing we're covering a couple different topics, mm-hmm. but um, let's see. Do you have a name? Asked Bran. Uh, when I am needing one, she waved her torch towards the black crack in the back of the wall of the cave. Our way is down. You must come with me now. Bran shivered again. The ranger. Dot dot dot. Right. He cannot come. They they'll kill him. Said Bran. No, they killed him long ago. Come now. It is warmer down down in the deep, and no one will hurt you there. He is waiting for you. The three-eyed crow, asked Mira, the green seer. And with that, she was off, and there was no choice but to follow. So a couple things. They killed him long ago. Um, who's they? Mm-hmm. Who, who, who killed him long ago? And they, instead of saying, when they say the three-eyed crow, you know, Leaf doesn't answer and say, yes. Um, she says, the green seer. Um, later on, at the very end of the chapter, Bran says, are you the three-eyed crow? Bran heard himself say, um, a three-eyed crow should have three eyes. He has only one, and that one, red. He could feel the strain, He could feel the eye staring at him, shining like a pool of blood in the torchlight. Where his other eye should have been, a thin white root grew from the empty socket down his cheek and into his neck. A crow, the pale lord's voice was dry. His lips moved slowly, as if they had forgotten how to form words. Once, I, black of garb and black of blood. The clothes, were, the, the clothes he wore were rotted and faded, spotted with moss and eaten through with worms, but they had been black. Uh, I have been many things, Bran. I am, now I am as you see me. And now you will understand why I could not come to you except in dreams. So that's the tricky part. Mm-hmm. He's been coming to him in dreams. Um, I have watched you for a long time, watched you with a thousand eyes in one. I saw your birth and that of your Lord Fathers before you. I saw your first step, heard your first word, was part of your first dream. I was watching when you fell, and now you are come to me at last, Brandon Stark, though the hour is late. I am here, Brand said, only I'm broken. Will you, will you fix my legs? I mean, no, said the pale Lord. 
That is beyond my power. Brand's eyes filled with tears. We came such a long way. The chamber echoed to the sound of the Black River. You will never walk again, Bran. The pale lips promised, but you will fly. So, sounds like a lot of this stuff, though. This is why people get so, go back and forth on this. Because he doesn't answer to the idea that he is a three-eyed crow. Maybe he, and he says he's been appearing to him in his dreams. Maybe the, maybe the green seer, maybe Brendan Rivers doesn't realize he does appear as a three-eyed right. crow, you know? Um, so that could be one of the, you know, the, the, the things there. Because he does say, I've visited you in dreams. I was there. He does say that he will fly, which mimics what the three-eyed crow said. But again, the three-eyed crow could be manipulating some of, you know, what the green seer, the last green seer was trying to do. Mm-hmm. So there's the confusion. I just wanted to kind of read it, throw it out there and it's food for thought. People can kind of digest it, think about it, go read that chapter and what have you. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, thoughts, thoughts, sir, Matt, anything? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. What are you thinking now though? I mean, like in, in, in I, 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 cause I, I, tried, I guess I maybe because I, I talked about this a little bit, uh, a couple weeks ago, cause we've, we've gone over this a lot. Is that may it could be maybe like I don't know the three eyed crow is like this entity right sure. whether yeah. it's a god or whether it's like an aspect of god and that it is using blood raven and blood raven is kind of like slipping in and out uh, it's like a parasite right or he doesn't really know it mm-hmm. of what's going on because he's also like crazy old yeah and he's like withered away and like clearly the tree is keeping him alive yeah or yeah. something and they talk about all there's lots of other bones and stuff uh-huh. in yep. there yep and that maybe other people had come over that's theories is that other people would come and it's either used them or it's tried to use them and maybe none of them were green seers because you would have to imagine that other people will have found that cave at, at certain points yeah it was warded it was warded against though so well how those yeah. something's happened in there to get all those yeah something's happened in there sure yeah. but there could be other people being drawn in right yeah, yeah. So, so um yeah not i think if you went in there and you left i don't think i think once you go in you're not leaving unless the children or the last green seer or whoever this three-eyed crow yeah. entity you know god is associated with whatever that's going on there or the, or the night king will let you leave or not leave in, yeah yeah in and then like in the show so from the earth wisdom lots going on there i just think it's interesting you know it's yeah. it's again another indicator that you know the books are very different and whatnot. So, yeah. Okay. Anything else on that? No, I'm still. I'm. I. I'm. I'm still on where I. So processing or what? You're, I will both. Both, but I still think I feel like he is. That Blood Raven is the three-eyed crow. I think I. I Blood I think, Raven I think, is I think the I, I think I stand. I stand opposed to Lord Adam Burke. Oh boy! Okay. Oh boy! <laughs> in, in, in this matter. Oh boy! Well, it's interesting because, like as I said when I read it, you know, he, the, the the commonality between. You know, that he'll never walk again, but he will fly. That was the dream yeah. where the three-eyed crow showed up to him and said that he needed to fly. You know, um, th- there's just different pieces there that kind of, that kind of you know, fit. Um, it's interesting. I, how, how do other, how do green seers appear, you know, to other people in, in their dreams? Do they, is it, are they coming through as a three-eyed crow and they don't right. realize it? You know what I'm saying? Is that what's yeah. happening? You know, how would he not know that he's the three-eyed Cause I, crow? Cause I guess, because I guess my thing is... Why wouldn't he just say yes? I'm the three-eyed crow, you know. But he says no. He does. He does. He says a crow. Because the crow is a, a crow. A crow. A weird, the crow is a weird, weird animal. And he says I'm a green seer. You know, yeah. I'm a green seer. So yeah. I don't know. So is it's is the three-eyed crow's purpose to get Bran to become the three-eyed crow, or it says open your third eye? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. 
Maybe Blood Raven only has one eye, so <laughs> and now he has two. <laughs> you know, maybe that was maybe that was the uh, problem. Is Blood Raven, but he also has a thousand eyes and one. Right, so, right. You know, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know. All right. Okay. All right. Enough problem. of that. Enough of it. All right. Let's move on. Um, what do we have here? What, 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 what we, we have? A, uh, we have a new one. I'll let you read this one. We have a we have a, a new patron, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh. David. Um. Is it? How would you say that? Um. David Thyberg, I think. David, David Thyberg? Thyberg or Thiebridge? Thiebridge. I don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah. Sorry, David. We'll have to get a little uh, pronunciation on, on, Sir on David. the name. Yeah. Sir uh, Sir David. They actually, uh, what did he say down uh, here? Sir Gibbs the Inquisitive. Yeah. Sir Gibbs the Inquisitive. I like that better. Okay. Yeah. So Sir Gibbs Where's it is. Sir Gibbs? I don't know. That's great. I love it. Yeah. Um, so he's from the. There land. are no such things as coincidences. Yes. Yeah. yeah. This is great. This is great. Um, so he's from the lands of, of Pullman, Washington. So over, uh, you know, Sir Matt will be traveling. Yeah, there I've been soon. to Pullman. Yeah, uh, the land of the Cougs uh, and supplier of grain uh, to the realm. <laughs> he's a new listener yeah. uh, to our cast here, um, and he and he can honestly say that he. Um, Oh, he says, and can honestly say I have not found a podcast like Bend the Knee. Good. Yeah. Glad to hear that. That's the idea. That's the thought. Um, I've listened to five or six different podcasts on Game of Thrones, and they're all the same. They cover the show mostly with only slight references to the books and do not get deep into theories and lore. Um, you know, and how wonderful the world is that, that uh, Gurr has created. I love listening to you guys drop theories and cover uh, not only the HBO series, but the books as well. Um, so for that, I thank you, you know, kind sirs, for the amazing work that you do. Uh, oh, thank you. Appreciate that. Um, we do. You know, I so, will say that real Sir quick, yep. just to kind of toot our own horn. I, from what I have kind of seen is I think we are, we're, we, we're book heavy, but I will say we are the most hybrid that I've found. Where yeah, we, pre- yeah. we we also talked about the show. Gosh, it seems it seems like it's one or the other, which is yeah. most things. We kind of I kind of look at everything. The yeah. whole thing. I mean, sooner or later I'll start talking about the uh House Forester from the game. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah, pull that in. Iron from yeah. Ice. Pull it in. That's there's right. There's a lot of stuff there. What's the North Grove? That's a great video game. Yeah. What's, oh, there's something there. There's Gert, something. I mean, Gers had a hand in that too, so Yeah. Yeah. But you know, okay, what, what you know, Sir Gibbs has got me thinking again, j- just back to like the way in which the, the the show works, and guys, you have to understand. You know, Serezer the Watchful wants to be right on everything. I, I want know. to get it all right. So, like, the whole Barrison Summy thing is just dodges just like a thorn in my. Eye. Just I'm pissed I that I didn't have everything ready to go. There's so much, man. There's so much to do. So, although we are book heavy, it's like we we open up uh, Fallout Friday to just like the whole damn series. Mm-hmm. And my God, you got to remember everything from Marwan, you know, the Mage to, you know, the first chapters of the. Every prologue, you know, mm-hmm. matters. It's just freaking nuts. I'm surprised we haven't gotten like Hedge Knight questions and World of Ice and Fire questions. Oh, we will. I mean, I yeah. think those are some of the, you know, people don't get into those as right. much unless you're really trying to dive. Well, theories will take you there. Speculation yeah. and theories and mm-hmm. stuff. So anyways, we appreciate that because it, it is a lot of like, you know, before we do these things, it's just a lot of going in, diving back into the chapter, trying to figure out where it's at, pulling the actual quotes. So we appreciate that. Um, so I can dive headfirst on a tangent of numerous points and and discuss them all in all in one email. However, I find myself um, leading to the discussion of the Night King and the possible relationship to the Starks uh, from what we hear and see in the show only. So he's got a couple different points here uh, that we're going to kind of discuss. Number one, in the show, they show us at the end of one of the episodes where the White Walkers bring mm-hmm. the baby uh, from Ka- from Craster 
to the uh, Night King. The Night King touches the crying baby, and the baby's eyes change blue, now becoming a walker, too. And I actually wonder, I'll say, is it a walker or is it another? What's going like, like, is that, it's not a white. It's, it's, it's not it's a white. Not a white. It's there is a, a difference. And even the show, you'll kind of see that. So if something dies, it's kind of a white. white. Yeah. If something is alive, it appears that it would turn into a white walker. Kind of like this baby. But most of the main theories is that Craster, that's the others let Craster keep making babies so that they could come take them, right? We kind of know mm-hmm. that. Yeah. That's yeah. why they were sacrificing them. And so the others would leave them alone so Craster could just live there and, you know, hook up with his daughter wives. Yeah, that'd be great. Yep. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> God dang it, girl. What are you, you <laughs> yeah. know, his mind. Uh, but there's no more. Uh, but there's no more shown about this baby. Does the baby slowly grow and turn into a disgusting walker? Or do the babies turn? Uh, do the babies who have been turned have a totally different purpose? So mm-hmm. answer that question, sir. Matt, does that baby grow to be a walker? I do Thoughts? believe. I, that's what I believe. That, yeah. That's what I believe. And that is, we had talked about this with a while ago. Um, somebody had raised a raven, I want to say, mm-hmm. um, about this. I want to say it was somebody who like, I can't remember. If you were one of our regular ravens, I feel like this was a raven we just got. And then that person hadn't sent it right out the raven. Yeah. We'd answered it at the end of one of the main shows. Um, was they had said, what if the rate, what if the baby, like Gilly's baby, like that's what the Night King is after. Like yes. Really after. Yeah. Is that he wants to turn it. It's supposed to be. So we were speculating is it the hundredth one or some right, ceremony. There, there's that. There's all that. Yeah. I've seen that on the talking thrones and, yeah. and stuff like that. But yeah, it could be. I, mean, like I the, think, I think it's just growing up to be a walker, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and just converted, you know, in, yeah. in some in some form. You know, him pressing his finger to that baby, and the baby turning, and the eyes going blue. Uh, in the show, the other thing where you, where you see when the when the walkers are first created, and the obsidian is pressed into their chest, the dragon glass or whatever. From this is all show, right? You know, and they turn them, they turn a living person that is not dead into something else. So they are li- alive. They're they're, right. well, they're of this. the living. Isn't that kind of what the children? The isn't that kind of what the children did to Cold Hands in the show? Who is Benjamin Stark? Yeah, is that kind of what he alludes to. He does. They don't he really, does he really to, outright it say. It just no. says like when they found me. Yeah, yeah. This is what they did. I don't yeah. remember that part actually, but yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, it's when he when he finds Bran. Okay. Yeah. So, anyways, to answer that, I I think they just grows up to um you know to be a walker. Yeah. Uh, number two, though, the White Walkers in the show love leaving bodies and heads of people killed and animals killed in this this rune style artwork. Um, what's the speculation you guys have with the significance of these symbols? Yeah, yeah, that is not in the books at all. Yeah, not a, not it's not it's no, not it's, right. it's not in the books at all. Actually, to be honest, the White Walkers in the books aren't really there at all we know they're there i think we only see them twice i think i think the only two times we see them are the epilogue and when sam kills one uh-huh i think yep. that's or the, not the epilogue the the prologue prologue first book right prologue yeah uh, sir waymore rice yep like that's it i believe that is the, the only others. two and, the, and they're not they're we the know others. they're out there they're referenced yeah right 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 well others and white walkers are thinking the same thing uh, uh, Sir Ezra and I differ a little bit. I think they're the same thing. Well, yeah, I just mean like in the book how they're termed. I think in the book they're always they called say the White others. Walkers though. No, they say White Walkers in the books. In ref- in reference to the mm-hmm. others. Yep, there are definitely there are definitely but moments that, where they are that not is that not what they call like we would call whites the dead that are that right. are risen. Is that not what they're calling White Walkers? 
Well, see, and the others are different. See, the others yeah, are. You're saying, you're saying they, they call white, like a white is also a other. I get a white walker, a white and a white walker. I'm just from, I, I'm just from asking. So, I, yeah. So there is in the show, it is kind of explained a little bit more. So you have white, which are like dead people. Then you have the white walkers. They never call them the others in the show. In the books, though, there are definitely um, there are definitely references. More often than not, they refer to them as the others. But there are a few instances where they say white walkers. Okay, and it's mostly when they're talking about like like grumpkins and snarks. You know, they like referencing things that are beyond the wall. It's almost like they're giving it more of a like specific title. Okay, right. Um, like so, they're specific, like as opposed to I think the others, like in general, right, is more. I think is like maybe it's a combination of the two. Okay. Um, and how it's just kind of loosely referenced, but when I hear other, I think White Walker. Okay. Well, I'll just read what the wiki says. Yeah. Because okay, go, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The others, the others, also known as White Walkers, Cold Gods, and White Shadows, are a species of humanoid beings that exist in the north beyond the wall um, as they have not been seen for 8,000 years they are considered to be extinct um, let's see where they pop up here uh, Game of Thrones as you mentioned um, yeah we, we call them in, in the first prologue they're called others there are others yeah but in a clash of kings um, when well again they're speaking of the others in a clash of kings I think you're right at some point they might call them a like, it's very rare, but they it's like it's like one or two times to okay. be completely honest. But yeah, I will refer to them as the others. Okay, that's uh, fine. Yeah, that's <laughs> in fine. the book, just because yeah, it's so that's fine. Gosh dang hard to keep track of. Uh, that, that's that's what I yeah. So what was your point there with that though? Um. Anyway, so the so the um the symbolism, right? I think that what they're gonna do. I think they're gonna tie in something with that in the in the in the show. Um. Just because they just this point we have one season left and it's like six episodes while it is like you know like hour and a half episodes or whatever um i think they're just gonna give us some kind of backstory and there's gonna be something to do with the symbols just because i think they're gonna have to tie a lot of stuff in and they knew that they would run out of time um whereas in the books you know gurs can be can give us a bigger backstory on them um and so I think that's yeah. kind of why why they did. It. I think the show knew from the get go because first of all, I mean, it's more expensive, right? Because you're talking about CG. You have to film up there where it's cold, and who wants to do that? Um, and that's why like the White Walkers aren't seen as much. Even in, there's in the show, you know, they're you know mm-hmm. we don't see them as much as well compared to the rest of what the show is so yeah i have no idea what the with the symbol I, I wonder if there's something that they've been told that might um could have influenced her from the get-go yeah that, that could have been influenced yeah that, that could have been something that Gur kind of said that you know um yeah that they're that they're using or, right you know, we don't know out. yeah I, unfortunately we don't really know but there's like the part where mance Ra- or where they i believe mance raiders with john snow and they're getting ready to go go over the wall right mm-hmm. um he's kind of leading them there and they come across a they come across a thing and he says like always the artists right and they see them and yeah they're, they're in the they're in that that symbol and then we see the symbols where john and danny are down in the cave under dragonstone yeah okay yeah gotcha gotcha uh just another clear up here because we'll keep we'll keep to the book series so whites are dead men or creatures raised by the others 
and it doesn't say this, but we're going to say others slash White Walkers, right. uh, seemingly when touched by the cold that accompanies them. Anyone who falls against the others must be burned, or else the dead will rise again as their thralls. Uh, fear, fear of their own dead becoming whites leads the free folk to burn them. So, yeah. yeah. So, whites are those who are, who are raised, and the others would just be... And actually, you know, Gert, when he talks about the others, I read just a quick little snippet here. He, like, can't really... He describes what the others are not. Yeah. Not really what they are. Yeah. <laughs> so, in the show, in the show, a lot of times they just call them the army of the dead. As like a loose. Yeah, as the whites. Yeah, and yeah the whites. Yeah. With the generals. Um, all right. Uh, Bran gets touched by the Night King, allowing him to cross the spells, uh, uh, to cross the spells to allow the army to gain access to the cave under the weir, uh, weirwood tree. Why didn't Bran then turn? And do you think he gained access to the cave because they shared the same blood, the blood of the Starks? Yeah, um, I don't think he turned because maybe because he was in like Raven mode. You know what I mean? Where he's like going through and looking there. So he's not. So he didn't actually touch Bran. He touched like an aspect of Bran. Again, this is show. This is show. Yeah. Yep. This is, yeah all, all of his questions are show. Show questions. based. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yep. We're nowhere close to that in the books. Yeah. Yep. Um. Yeah, so I don't know. What do you think, Sarser? Uh, yeah, and it's different because like he was touched through, not physically, but touched through, you know, um, their connect the connection, like the, like that the, right. the the green site or the you know the the werewood, you know, connection, right? Yeah. So it's interesting that he he's actually is he touched or is he just seen in the show? No, he grabs his arm. He grabs his arm. Okay. Yeah. yeah so he grabs his arm, and does that allow him? To cross the you know the the spells and to allow his army to gain access to the caves under the well, y- well I think it's actually uh, in the show that they're they're kept out with fire that the whites are right yeah so and then it's actually when the others cross the fire you know that the fire disbands and then the whites can enter but it's only after he grabs Bran so I think it is like yeah and so spell, and, yeah. right and so it's like so the question is is not so I think the whites only just get in because the others are able to bring the fire down etc. I think it's more about the, so the question is then would the, the others touching brand, is that what gets them access to it? I don't really think so. I kind of, yeah, I, I know a I lot think, of people, I think, I think I, yeah, in the sh- yeah, in the show, I mean, I get that that's, that's where I, that's where everybody has theories that like now that he's touched brand, he can cross the wall. Like he can go through. That's the what wall. I thought was going to happen. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I actually, that's how I thought he would get. I would, I, I thought, um, and we had referenced this way back in the day on some other things. Um, we, were, we had no idea what was going to happen. I That's what I thought. I thought that because he touched Bran's arm and he kind of broke the spell of the cave is that Bran would then go south and the Night King would then be able to do it. Little did we know Daenerys is going to fly up and she's going to mm-hmm. take the dragon yeah. and yep and and all and all that stuff so again this is one place where i think the shows and books are going to be completely different yeah yep um but as you know these these are all questions about the show um do you think he gained access to the caves because they share the same blood i think it's just because he broke the i think he i think he just broke like the power of it mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, 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 yeah. That would make more sense. If I, if I had to fall on one side of this, I would say, yeah, it's because he, the connection that was made somehow, you know, broke the spell or gained right. access through um, their meeting, yeah. you know, his him touching And this is arm. one thing, as we've talked about a lot about, the, is that the show, actually, the Three-Eyed Crow slash Raven or whatever, may be a good guy in the show mm-hmm. uh, and may totally not be in the books. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, 
there's still a lot of people that think it's not even even in the show but um yeah so okay yeah um here we go and the uh, last kind of thing here seeing how the starks are one of the oldest uh standing houses from the time of the first men would this then be possible uh, that a stark was punished for the attacks on the children of the forest the starks have always seemed to be a house somewhat feared by those of the realms they are a strong and established family in the north and have proven to be superior soldiers in the field of battle you all have established on your show that there is not enough knowledge of the dead army and the night king any thoughts on how this could be um, a book in the works from Gur in the future the beginning of the army of the dead i feel there's so much more here and maybe i've missed things from the book or um, what we've been on the show in the series, but I feel there's more to them uh, than what we have been directly told. Thanks for the podcast. It pushes me through my days at work. Love listening. Um, only podcast. I've become a Patreon member as well. A member of the Night's Watch, Sir Gibbs, Warden of the Cougar Lands, and Lord of the Palos. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So the... I'm going to say Sir Gibbs is a... Uh, is, he, is he maybe a new book reader? Is he, or is he just show heavy? He's just a show heavy guy. Yeah, I think so. And, and and that's fine. We have a lot of people who are show heavy and this is maybe their first time going through the books. Yes. Yeah, or so, maybe they have been. It's been a while or they just like the show better. Yeah, for sure. Or well, they just want to know show. Well, things. and it sounds like that's he's fine. it sounds like he's, he's familiar with both. It sounds yeah. like he's familiar with both. So um, the, the question, though, let's see here. Um, seeming how the Starks are one of the oldest standing houses from the time of the first men. Would this then be possible? that a Stark was punished for the attacks of the children of the forest. So that would be the idea that his, his previous question was the connection between um, the great, so the other who crosses in the show, crosses the threshold, having the same blood as Brandon Stark. Mm-hmm. Um, is that, is that, a not, is that uh, possible? That to punish them, they created, they used one of the Starks to, and turned them into... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a good. It's a good thought because winter is coming, right? right. So, um, one of their long lost ancestors, who was turned into another years ago, is is coming uh, again. Right. Um, so, hey, what about this? What do you got? Hey, on this. So, as, as I was as I was talking, I believe it is Samwell chapter one of A Feast of Crows, where Sam um, and you actually get the John side of it in A Dance of Dragons, but in Sam's chapter where he he is talking about reading these books and he's even talking about how some of it doesn't add up mm-hmm. about brand the builder <clears throat> and like the night king and like the he's like some of these things don't add up he's, he's, they, they, he said like the old books talk about um kings who lived for hundreds of years and sam's just like so this doesn't make sense even we've read a lot brand the builder some mm-hmm. of it kind of doesn't make sense. Sometimes it seems like Brand the Builder was here, and then sometimes it seems like he was here, which leads into whole kinds of theories about, well, maybe when Brand becomes the Three-Eyed Crow, if he does, or Three-Eyed Raven in the show, mm-hmm. he's kind of all of these brands, and that they're all the same person. And yeah. it's, a whole, it's a whole big thing. But, Sir Ezra, hear me out on this one. Yeah. So in the show, we just see the guy that the Children of the Forest turn into sure. the presumably the Night King, or the first other. Yeah. May mm-hmm. not be the same, you know. I believe it's actually the same actor, so I guess it's safe to assume that it's the same person. Okay. So, me out on this, though. In A World of Ice and Fire, it says that Bran the Builder met with the mm-hmm. Children of the Forest, yep. and that's kind of how the pack got started. So, <clears throat> what if Bran the Builder built the wall... Come on. <laughs> ...and then had to become, like, the the Night King? Like, that it was, it was, like a, it was a part of the whole thing, and that's what ended the war between the children. And mm-hmm. it was kind of like a, 
is kind of like a well if you if you don't this is what we've created right like mm-hmm, it's kind mm-hmm. of like it's kind of like yeah we're gonna have a tre- we're gonna have a treaty but we're gonna build a bigger army just in case we you you don't like this is what will happen okay hear me out okay i like where you're going with this you know this is straight speculation <laughs> and i love it um so hear me out what you're saying is is that and based off the show that let's say that was brand the builder yeah who that they're meeting with their t- we said this in the books they're meeting with brand the builder and um and again you have to understand i understand that in a, a world of ice and fire the histories the age of heroes and the dawn age get a little muddy into yeah. win the, or the those, long i'm sorry the long night the whole thing those first three chapters are real loose they are and you can play with the number of years in in, in which these things occurred um type of thing but Let's say, as you said, Bran the Builder, some some version of Bran, you know, finds out that the children are going to keep pushing north, but they have, like as you said, created something. You know, if you guys don't stop, you know, we're we're going to, you know, we have this in our back pocket. Maybe they make they make the pact. Maybe he sees something that they like one of their their warrior their another that they've presented forward, and he decides then to build the wall. And then sacrifice himself to go be their leader, right? Beyond, you know, to to kind of keep them right there at bay, or what have you, or maybe he, you know, because I could imagine him like building the wall, knowing what's going to happen, knowing what's what's beyond, you know. There's a reason he built the wall, right? The right. long night had come, you know, mm-hmm. um, because, yeah. Ah, now I'm starting to second guess myself here. It's tough because we don't know. Yeah, it's so loosely based, but maybe with the new show that's coming out. Mm-hmm. Apparently is by the way, it's kind of spoiler here for uh, Mace or now I can't even think of what we call that segment. But the first segment where we talk about show students. Show oh stuff. yeah, yeah, Quick, small council, <laughs> small council. <laughs> excuse me, sorry, my mind's down so many rabbit holes right now. Um, apparently that new show is going to start filming in October, so maybe we'll have yeah. some idea. Maybe we'll, yeah. Uh, he's got me thinking. He's got me thinking. He's, I mean, Sir Gibbs has got me thinking that perhaps the idea that. Uh, that 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 a Stark would go as pu- either punishment or would go as like a, a tribute or sacrifice or whatever mm-hmm. to kind of keep appease things, but then knowing that the wall was there and knowing what protections it had, right. you know, type of thing. I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. Okay. Uh, maybe so, yeah. Maybe maybe that's why the wall was. Maybe the wall was built to to protect the uh, the children. Yeah. Sure. Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Um, Sir Gibbs, thank you very much. We appreciate it. We, we appreciate your patronage. We're sure, we're sure that these, this, this, this topic will come up quite a bit. Again, for sure. Uh, make sure you hit up Sir Matt on, on Facebook there. we get you working on some sigils. We had a, mm-hmm. c- a couple updates for sigils, too, that are getting done this weekend. We had some people uh, wanting some, uh, just some things touched updates up. Updates, we have some touched new sigils. Up. Yeah. yeah, we'll get to those, though. So, uh, Last Raven, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, this is... This is um, Anna Ellis. Um, hello, my name is Anna. I'm from Columbus, Ohio uh, as well. Love the podcast and the rabbit holes. You know, the rabbit holes, guys. Yeah. As Sir Matt just said, my mind during this, this daggone podcast gets sent down so many rabbit holes that it's hard to think by the uh, end. I'm, I like take notes on what I want to follow up on after the episode. It's crazy. I'm glad that, some, that, that you guys enjoy them. We're sorry if they get a little uh, wild and crazy. Uh, I have a theory. I think that's, excuse me, I think that's what people like. 
actually. <laughs> yeah, it's just wild. You yeah. never know where it's going to go, honestly. So um, I have a theory about the Valencar uh, prophecy. I don't think any podcast has brought up the idea of the Hound being the little brother who kills Cersei. Wouldn't it be ironic if Cersei spent all this time being protected by the older brother, the Mountain, and is killed by his little brother? Mm-hmm. I'm curious to know what you all think about my theory. Yeah. Wow. What do you think? It's possible. You know, actually, I was thinking back to the Valencar prophecy because I uh, you, you last week I, last week I was doing I was I was plowing through Cersei and Jamie. Yeah. And Cersei keeps talking about the Valencar prophecy, and she's talking to Grandmaster Pycelle about it, which is funny because this this is the point where she's like just so done. With Pycelle and Kyburn shows up, and so she's kind of like leaning more towards Kyburn. He's asking her about prophecies, and he says like, you know, you got to take them as like a grain of salt. Like, mm-hmm. Don't yeah. really um, take them. But I don't believe so. The Valencar right is translated Valyrian, mm-hmm. which means little brother. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't. It's I don't know if it's like a possessive word, as in like your little brother. Will be the one who does it now. Everyone, of course, assumes that, but could be—I don't know—could be a lot of things. What if Valen? What if little brother is Jon Snow? What if? Because you know, if let's say Jon R plus L equal, does equal J, um, and okay, well, Jon Snow would be the little brother to Aegon, the Aegon that was killed, you know, by whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Little brother could be like in an odd way, Viserys Targaryen, right? Viserys is the one that actually sets up Daenerys because she was supposed to be betrothed to Rhaegar. What if it's the little brother of Rhaegar? Yeah, you know, it doesn't doesn't necessarily <clears throat> mean her little brother. And of course, Jaime and Tyrion are both of their both of her little brothers, right? So, so that for sure, you've got Tyrion is 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 the youngest brother, and then Jaime. Um, is her know, little brother just because she came out first? She came twins. out first. Yeah, exactly. Um, you also, know. something else I've been thinking about, I kind of mentioned this to you the other day, Sir Ezra, is we keep, there's the big theory that Tyrion is a Targaryen. Well, what if actually Jamie and Cersei, this is a total rabbit hole here, but I was just thinking about it the other day, are Targaryens? Because we know that the Mad King tried to take liberties on the betting night. Mm-hmm. Which would actually be much closer to when Jamie and Cersei were born. Um, so it's just theorized with the Tyrion theory that at some point he did actually take mm-hmm. liberties with, you know. I get you. His wife. And then, okay, that would be Tyrion because Tyrion's a little bit younger, right? He's a couple years younger. He's not. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. So what if he actually did, though, take liberties on the betting night? Well, then that would actually make. It possible that um, Cersei and Jaime are half Targaryen. Now, of course, they don't share any of the traits, and the whole thing is, well, Tyrion is a dwarf and whatever. But if you look at Cersei, isn't Cersei much more comparable to the Mad King than... Uh, yeah, she's a Mad Queen, isn't she? I mean, yeah, she's I turned mean, into it for sure. Yeah. Huh. And all three of... And it, it's possible all three of them will have something to do with wildfire. So we know Cersei... At least in the show, blows up the Sept of Baylor. She she knows about the wildfire. She uses the wildfire to burn down most of the Red Keep because she thinks Tyrion right is in the walls in the books. Um, in the in the show, she blows up the Sept of Baylor. Tyrion uses wildfire 
um, during the Battle of the Blackwater. So maybe at some point Jamie uses it for something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Just thinking about all of the... They all three could be. They could be, yeah. So, but anyway, so what if Tyrion was actually um, Tywin's son and then Jamie and Cersei weren't? <laughs> Are not, yeah. You know what I mean? And crazy. also they're incestual, which is also a Targaryen trait. Right, yeah. I just don't think I've ever seen that theory be, thrown out be there proposed and i'm like well why couldn't it work the other way yeah you know and there's that whole piece with like as you said the timeline for it being old like an older um when the mad king might have been moving around the realm you know because he right. locks himself up and just doesn't he gets to he, he goes crazy mm-hmm. um maybe it was during a time when he was closer with tywin right um you know and uh yeah i don't know that's yeah. that's i never thought about that boy or just before they get married and because he because you know the betting night seems to be when he's trying to make his biggest move. Mm-hmm. The, for the the Tyrion Targaryen three people would just assume it happens, but here's an actual instance in which he's trying to do it. Maybe I got you. Maybe I got it's you. just maybe it's just because he's trying to take. Because there's no Tywin. betting ceremony before Tyrion is born and stuff like no. that, but po- possibly before, yeah, before um, Cersei and Jaime, yeah. right? It would make if that's the time when a king's gonna, you know, make that move. Do something, yeah. That would be the time, right? Yeah. Wow, cool, interesting. Because we know, because now we know from reading a world of ice and fire, right, where we learned about Baylor walking on the on the thing. Well, some singers say this, and some people say this. So. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah, yeah. And I, and I would and back to Anna. I I would say I actually really like this. You know, I yeah, I like the idea that that, uh, that that the hound could be the the one, the little brother. You know, who is um ends up you know killing her, right? Um, you know, and, and people will say. Well, the hound's dead. You know, in the books, he's air quote dead. It's theorized though that like when when uh, Brian the grave digger, the grave right. digger, yeah, when when they when they come by, and that makes sense. The silent sisters or whoever would would, would be that what was there that um, I definitely think the hound is still alive in the book. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's like his old it, when they say, um, you know, it's like it's like his pers- um, his essence, like who right. he was before, is dead. Yeah. You know. Um, the man of old is dead, but he's right. he's born anew, you know, in in this place that he's at. When if so. you just look at the context in which he's talking about the grave digger, it seems an awful lot like just how you keep hearing stories that Beric and Darian was killed, but like he was killed here, he was killed here, and he, you know, he keeps he keeps running around. It's the the grave digger thing is kind of told in a similar way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you'd have to. Well, I'm not, the reason I bring that up is you'd have to assume that the grave digger is Sandor. You know, um, right for for us to even say that he would be the little brother, but mm-hmm. I think that's true. I think that actually he is the grave digger, and you know, he is the younger brother, like the mountain. The fact that she keeps the mountain around so as much as she does, you know, and uh, and things, it's real interesting. I had not thought of that. I have seen people talk about the misinterpretation, you know, um, of of Valencar, right, and that you know, as Eamon has said before prince and princess being misinterpreted you know they talk about the tairashi language and you know the the valyrian language and old mm-hmm. valyrian you know how these different translation things have been mistranslated there's people who believe that it could be um you know a female valencar right in in some mm-hmm. regard which is a little bit of a stretch but um there's the there, the evidence for that is just basically that you know it can be misinterpreted you know and things which is where people get into the idea that maybe Arya in some way or another could be, you know, could take her down. I don't know. 
to stretch mm-hmm. for me. But yeah, yeah. So here we goes. go. Valencar is High Valyrian for little brother. The term is used by Maggie, a mad guy, uh, and fortune teller from Lannisport when making a prophecy to Cersei Lannister. Uh, it says right here, and when your tears have drowned you, the Valencar shall wrap his hands around your pale white throat and choke the life from you. Mm-hmm. Yep. So a lot of people think most common, I think, is that Jamie's going to do it with his like gold hand, right? Yeah. But then, because especially because Shepard does say hands, doesn't it? It does. Well, he has two still. So does he? Well, if you have the golden one, and then uh, uh, see yeah. that's but that's counter. People say like Whoa, attention to detail. Like and Tyrion says, does kill Shay by choking her. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> uh, goodness. Okay. Anything else on that though? Uh, nope. That's it, and that's our, that is also, I believe, our last Raven of the day. So wow, okay, guys, I just gotta say, I phew, that was it's a lot. We're all over the place, you know. I mean, we're that's talking what about Friday is. Yeah, we're talking about Danny. We're talking about soccer, Valencar, <laughs> soccer. <laughs> I mean, we're you know. Uh, Night King. The Night King, it's 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 craziness. So again, one last apology. I just want to get everything right, and I just get so ticked. When I like mess something up or don't realize, and the problem is, is that I read these ravens, and sometimes I, you know, we have to kind of figure out what part of the series are you talking about, where or right. where are we at, and try to get our minds in the same place as where your raven came from. So, um, yeah, it takes a little bit, but gosh, dang it! We'll Especially it. ones that are show related, because I've just, well, I yeah, we're have, so, I, have, I have not gone back and rewatched the show. We're so book heavy now that yeah, like I mean, the show's there. I mean, that's just yeah. I think for fun, we kind of make those connections and stuff. But yeah, like, I don't know, man, but, but see, there's a lot of good connections. Well, yeah, there is. But well, like for example, as I said earlier, the, I get completely thrown by, because I had, I, here's what happened. Like when I read the series, the first time I was reading, let me just, can I tell my story? Yeah, go ahead. It's okay, sir, Matt. Can yeah, I just hey, t- we got time, man. Can I tell you? We're under two hours still, so we're yeah. good. <laughs> we always say around two hours, we got to start to kind of call it off. But, um, so when I first started, I'm just going to tell you my story, and then maybe Sir Matt can kind of talk about his. Um, I was reading A Wheel of Time, okay? And I was told that uh, by a friend, I'd heard rumors that this Game of Thrones TV show was coming out. And Game of Thrones was on my list of, of book series to read because I was at Paragraph Bookstore back in Mount Vernon, and it was recommended to me. And this is no, this is no joke. My old middle school teacher yeah. ended up working there at Paragraph Bookstore, and she recommended to me several different fantasy series. Robin Hobb was on the mm-hmm. list, you know, um, Robert Jordan, and then George R.R. R. Martin. Those were the three authors that were given to me, and I was looking at those series. So I narrowed it down between A Wheel of Time and Game of uh, Thrones. And what happened was I started Wheel of Time, and I started it, oh gosh, back in you know college for the, like the first time because I remember my buddy Tom and I were talking about it and then I I got I heard about the show coming out my good buddy Han was talking about it and I uh, I'm one of those people who I wanted to read the book before I saw the show right you know and so I guess the uh, he had illegally downloaded he got <laughs> right legally downloaded the episode and had it ahead of time before it was ready to air uh, we're over at his house one time or his apartment at the time. And uh, he he starts to show it to me, and I'm like, "What is?" This? I just walk in, and they're watching. I'm like, "What is this?" He's, "Oh, it's a you know, it's a Game of Thrones thing." I was going to show you or whatever, and I'm looking at it. And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this is amazing!" Yeah, that first scene in the in the in the right. forest or whatever, and I was like, "Wait, wait, 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 this is on my list." And I like, I stopped where I was in Wheel of Time, which was a crazy idea, and God, I started because it's fifteen some. It's crazy, crazy or thirteen long. books. Or it's insane. And at the time, it, the reason I stopped with Wheel of Time is because 
it wasn't finished. finished. Yeah. yeah, Brandon Sanderson had to finish. Well, neither is Game of Thrones. Right, it's not, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But they, they were working on that TV series. So I started Game of Thrones, read it all the way through. I remember talking to my mom about it. I remember coming home, sharing all my different thoughts and insights with her and things like that. You know, and then as I got finished with it, you know, so when I finished, that was 2010, 2011. Um, when did the, when did the series? Because game the Dance of Dragons came out right around when the show. 2011 is when Dance of Dragons came out. And when the show come out, about 2010. I was still living in Portland at the time because I remember my buddy Eric told me about it. Yeah. Um. And uh, I was like, yeah, okay, cool. And he was like, he, I. So that's it's so funny remembering that conversation with him now. Yeah. Around the same time, because it was right when I was getting ready to move back. From yeah. Portland. And I remember him explaining this to me and he was like, yeah, he's like, well, there's like all this like political stuff going on. Yeah. But the main characters, because he definitely had not read the books. He's like, the main characters like, no, winter is coming. You have to be ready for it. <laughs> and like, it was uh, just so, it was just so interesting. Yeah. Like, okay. Okay. So here we go. So the, the book, A Dance of Dragons came out July 12th, 2011. I just Googled right. it. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Um, and then the show uh, came out April 17th. Um, I'm sorry. Wait. Yeah, it came out April 17th, 2011. So April 2011 versus July 2011. Right. So uh, anyways, I was able to kind of read straight through, got to the end of, of Dance of Dragons. And then with my buddy Tom, I kind of, you know, just kind of flirted around with, with some of the other books and went back through on a reread, right. stopped. Then would pick back up later and stuff. But the last time I've been in Dance of Dragons was years ago, actually. Yeah. And so the first several books I'm kind of more familiar with. And so it's just, it's, it's crazy to have the questions come in and kind of bounce around. And as I said, my, our green dream series on Patreon, the reason I created that is because that is what we want to get to dance right. the dragon stuff. You know, it's just, cause that's where the story leaves off for us right. and we kind of have moved forward. And I, I've just been stubborn and not wanting to read winds of winter chapters just because I'm kind of like, ah, I just want to wait for the book next year. Yeah. Next year, you yeah. know, but uh, I, I feel like at this point I have to. Uh, and things, but the, but the the show saturates us though. We let the, those kind of mix in there and stuff, and and gosh dang it, you know the last I I when I see in the show, Barristan saw me dies, and then I I think in my head, oh yeah, he's he's he's, he's about to die, or he's facing down this real heavy task. There, uh, it's not the same. And actually, yeah. when you go back and look at it, so my apologies. Uh, that's my story. It's cool to hear. Like yeah, like you said, people were trying to get everybody into the series, right? Right. And me just being a book guy, I was like, I'm reading this whole damn thing before I even start. And yeah. I remember, because I was like telling like my buddy Tom and I would like talk, Sir Thomas the Round, who, who yeah. we will have on eventually, um, you know, we're talking about the series and just, you know, comparing it to the as the show as it come out, as it would come out and things. Just, ah, it's been crazy. It's been a crazy, crazy adventure here. Yeah. And, uh, and George, George R. R. Martin's world. Um, any other thoughts, Sir Matt? No, I think we're good. Do you want me to share mine? Or? Yeah, I want you to share. Yours. I mean, it's cool if you. If you no, I thought that was yours. I thought that was all you had. Yeah, no, that's not all I had. Yeah, I, I somebody told me, somebody told me about it, and, and you never uh, I heard it, it was good, and then I was like, <laughs> ah, no, nah, it's all right, not for me. And what so do you I, got? I never ever got into. It. No, so yeah, so I remember my buddy Eric telling me about it, and it's just it's so funny. Again, think, just thinking back on this conversation, he explained like the whole thing, right? And um, it's like, oh, yeah, like all this stuff's going on. But there's like, all, like the, the whole this little looming threat uh-huh, yep. of it. So like that's all I that's all I knew about it going into it. So when I got into it, um, I believe it was during season three. 
because I remember I think you had bought season one mm-hmm. on DVD yep. and I borrowed your season one on DVD and then I torrented season two <laughs> and three and plowed through it all in like one sitting. I watched the first episode and I was like, eh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then um, yeah, I got to the end of season one where Edward Stark dies and I was like, ah, I hate this show. But then I was like, <laughs> I'll just keep going. And um, so, yeah, so I plowed through all season three and then I've watched every year since. Yeah. And then um, I got in, I, I audio booked the first book. Yeah. Um, and then I started getting the second one and I kind of just put it down. So I've just been show heavy. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, you and I, and then I would, I would read the wiki cause I would hear you and our buddies for Thomas the round yeah. talking a lot about the stuff that was going on in the books. And I really was curious about it. So I was just wiki heavy. Right. I, was yep. just like, yep. I mean, like literally when I dive into research, oh, I was I know. Like, I, without reading the books, I was able to tell Sir Ezra things about like the books. That have you were happened. reminding me of things. That I didn't remember. <laughs> like I was like, the what? habit of the book. And I was like, I'd never read them because I just I read the wiki, like left yeah. right, theories and the whole thing. And we've talked about it before, but we were just like hanging out one night and we were just like, you know, just goofing around on our computers and we were trying to, f- <laughs> we were, we were talking and we were like, something just doesn't add up. Okay. Like, and we were just going back. We we're like, how is it that Eddard Stark cheated on his wife? Like, yeah. it just doesn't make sense. Like, no way. So we were like looking at it and we were like, it's got like roughly this amount of time, like the whole thing. And we put together R plus L equals J and we lost our minds. We were like, <laughs> oh my God, we figured something out. Like no one else has ever figured this out. Oh. And we we're like, I mean, literally losing all night. our minds. Guys, we were up all night. We were night. up all night getting to this realization. And, and oh, we didn't look, we hadn't looked up theories or anything at this point. And we just like, I remember just like, oh my God. I was like, minds blown, the whole mm-hmm. thing. And then we're just like, we, we we were like somebody's had to figure this out and so like we look it up and it's like you know the biggest, theory, the biggest theory ever there, we're like yeah. oh okay but oh yeah. yeah it was just so funny because we were just like piecing it together <clears throat> and i was just i just remember i like i had like my hands on my head and i'm like as i was like hear me out on this i was yeah. like what if Jon Snow mm-hmm. is the child yeah. of Lyanna Stark and Rhaegar Targaryen and he just had that look on his face where his eyes were just like oh my <laughs> god like and we're like freaking out it was yeah so, yeah yeah well because i think only the, to ha- only to have our like our what we thought was like we were like we just uncovered the biggest thing in well, the world to yeah. have it find, like literally minutes later be like oh yeah guys everyone has figured out for a long time this out for um years. you know and well and, 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 as the, and, and the more you read see that's the thing i think one of the things too is that on on an initial read you just take what's given to you sometimes. Right. And then on that second read, you start to really then figure out the hidden things that are right. that, that are put there. Um, and then I think on on another, maybe a third or fourth read through of the series, which is kind of where I'm at, three going on four, where um, you start to look at it and you say, you start to question those theories, right. R plus L equals J. Which we've started to do now. That's mm-hmm. that's where we're kind of at. Like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Is, is it too, is it is it too is simple, it too simple for our two guys who were sitting, you know, back at your place, you know, years ago, just watching a couple season one, season two, season three, or whatever, and using the wiki, and then I me with the books and putting this together, and that's too simple. You know, mm-hmm. how do we come to that that quick? Yeah. You know, almost too like it's almost too laid out for us. It's it's yeah. it's too easy to go down that rabbit hole. You know, um, so that's where we're at. Yeah, kind of, kind of sifting around. But and then I read Duncan Egg, and I think it's my favorite. So yeah, 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 yeah for sure. So you know, one thing that might be fun. Um, you know, have if, you guys if, share your 
Yeah, their stories. stories, you know, yeah. like how'd you get into it? Yeah, how did you get into it? Um, you know, how many rereads you've been through, etc. You know, uh, watching the show. I'll put the show on just for background noise and stuff. And I've actually, st- I used to do that a lot. I've stopped doing that because it it has literally polluted my mind. I love the show, <laughs> yeah. but if we're when I do the book stuff, I'm like, book, God yeah. dang it! I just keep getting saturated with the with the with the HBO show. So. Anyways, it'd be neat to kind of hear your guys' thoughts. Um, I am currently an update on our reading where we're at. I am. I was reading through John. I'm still reading through all of John's mm-hmm. stuff, and I think next I'm going to go with Daenerys. Yeah, I'm in. I'm doing Sam right now. Yeah, and yeah. and the reason I need to go do Daenerys, I need to do Daenerys. Yeah, you better believe. <laughs> it, um, is because uh, all the Dance of Dragons stuff. Yeah, you're know, just so heavy with Dance. Of, and and honestly, she's a character who I'll, I can't believe I'm saying this. Kind of bored me. You know, yeah. Sir Matt got into this when, remember, we were talking a couple weeks ago, as you're reading through, you're kind of like, I'm kind of done with Daenerys' chapters. And you well, kinda... it's just because it's, and the same thing kind of happens with Arya later, yeah. is that... They're on their own. They're on their own. Yeah, there's there's not other big players that you really care. Do I care about Hisdar, What's-His-Face, and the Sons of the Harpy, and stuff like that? Now, what I do care about is, I, I like the Tattered Prince, I like right. the... The other cell sword companies, those are cool. They've got mm. stories and their connections and things like that. But like, I just don't really care about Essos as much. And so you start to kind of lose interest in all of that. So even in the you know. show, you see that because it's just like you have all this stuff going on, and then Daenerys is way over here by herself, yeah, doing all this stuff. And you're like, what? What's like, going on? Yeah, yeah, I know. So, anyways, guys, yeah, send us your stories though. I mean, uh, send it in a raven. Just say, I mean, if you just put, um, you know. Uh, Game of Thrones story or you know Song of Ice and Fire story whatever you want to put that as the title and we'll know those are stories maybe we can share one story yeah. at the end of follow up Friday just kind of or at you know, the end of the main show maybe we can use yeah. that as a raven yeah, yeah that would be kind of cool yeah, yeah actually that would probably be a better place to do it main show uh, sharing stories there because yeah. the ravens kind of take us into theories and stuff like that but yeah. just telling your story would be kind of fun at the end of the reread I think mm-hmm. so alright guys uh, send us those thoughts send us those ravens at btkcast um, at gmail.com uh, hit us up about trivia let us know what you think about it and uh, please accept my apologies for any mishaps or missteps today. Uh, face is feeling better, by the way, so good thing because we've been talking for about two hours now, and so yep. I'm uh, so. done. All right. Well, we want to thank you guys for playing the Game of Thrones. And in the words of House Malister, above the rest. Which is where I want to be, yeah. above the rest. <laughs> <laughs>